Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 337 of Vigi Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas. Who else is joining me here in the mystical, magical, spooky clown theater of the airwaves? Chinese clown protester, Chris Antista. And scary mask, you Allen. I got nothing. <laughs> Wow, Hong Kong theme. Okay, <laughs> I, I I just scratched out right before we did that my my clown name, Hard on the Clown. <laughs> and, and so I, I I did. I, I here's the thing I didn't mention the clown episode that I meant to that I because j- I just watched rewatched that Dana Carvey show documentary mm-hmm. too too funny to fail, which is hilarious. If you don't want to watch that documentary, you don't want to see the show. You really owe it to yourself to look up clips of Grandma the Clown, which is which is just an eighty year old woman doing bad magic tricks very slowly, huh. right after home improvement. Fantastic, with, with with no laughter. It's it's so unnerving that this was on after home improvement in the Muppets. It's so Tim and Eric like twenty years beforehand. All right, yeah. Since you're, you're talking about Grandma the Clown, this episode, Grandma the Clown, is about the scariest clowns Ooh. to to occur in video games. Obviously, there's some back and forth about this. Everybody seems to hate clowns and fear them, except for me. I I never have. Really? Yeah. No. Really? Yeah. Are you? Oh, okay. Wait. Let me. Let's clarify here. Uh-huh. Do you like clowns? Yeah. I liked them when I was a kid. Really? Because clowns were like the cartoon of the oh. circus. Like we we had a very they, similar I, discussion, which I think is also going up this week. Yes, it, it, we did. Time. We did. It just the, the clown scared the shit out of me, but you know, like Santa scared the shit out of me too. Like just people in costumes mm. with heavy makeup mm. on. Yeah, like but, Santa scared they, my they, sister, they, and clown scared my sister. But I, I was immune to all that. They they look creepy because it's their makeup. They need to be visible mm-hmm. from very far away. And like I just keep getting fascinated by, um, you know, what seems to be like default creepy nowadays. What. Mm. Things old people used to find it, dead people used to find entertaining. Mm-hmm. No, is it, this isn't a chance to jump on boomers again. It's more like every horror movie trailer opens up with like a public domain nursery rhyme song played slowly. Yep. Yeah, uh, if, if you look at people in old west photographs, it looks creepy as hell. Even though those people are having the time of their lives with this brand new invention, mm-hmm. everything old people did for like just just like look at a look at a maypole ritual in slow motion. That's it's just instantly creeping. Hmm. <laughs> there's, my there's my grandmother about... collected porcelain dolls, and I thought those were the creepiest yes. things. Yeah, they are right. Yeah, everything old dead people liked is now mm-hmm. creepy. Yes, and I just think that's very strange. And, and and clowns are just one of those few leftover things because I think you you still you you had the need for like a, a in person entertainer like that, and why not a clown? But I, I, I'd rather someone show up at my birthday party dressed like a Ghostbuster or fucking Elsa mm-hmm. than, ugh, than a clown. Anything. I think, I think clowns have had a good run, man. They've been around since the Renaissance. For real. And, and as much as I feel for anyone who, like, just wants to entertain children and that's, that's just their thing in life, like, great, but now, why, now people why should are clowns outlive this? Why should clowns outlive the circus? Hmm. Where do they get the right? Good question. The circus is good over. Question. Yeah. But, well, but now grease it's, yeah, paint it's, is it's cheap. rebranded. It's Le yeah. Cirque. <laughs> it's French. Le Cirque Let, and let's be clear, we're talking about this because uh, Pennywise, uh, mm-hmm. probably. Pen- that's why we were brought it up Great on Laser band. Time because Great mm-hmm. band, absolutely. it's very good band for real. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But no joke there. <laughs> I was I, I was going to skirt over that joke, but yes, Pennywise rules. It is one of the most uh, the biggest money makers of the season, mm-hmm. wow. and uh, creepy clowns should be on the tip of everyone's tongue. And as Kevin brought up. In the show, there's a documentary out called, called Wrinkles the Clown. Mm. Ah! Yeah. Didn't <laughs> even think about did. that. Uh, no, Wrinkles... Have you heard of Wrinkles the Clown? No. 
It's a clown you can literally hire to scare your children, and he is dressed accordingly. And it's a real person. Okay. And, yeah, new Patreon goal. <laughs> I feel like that's not going to age the scare well. rival podcast. Mm. Like that, that cannot age well, right? Like we're going to look back on that in ten years and be like, "Hey, yeah, people used to hire the scary." Cr- no, well, don't he's do named that. Wrinkles. He's already aged badly. That's true. Yeah, it, but the documentary will creep you the fuck out, and I think no one really knows who this is. You have to leave a message for him, like Bill Murray, and maybe he'll show maybe up. Maybe it's Bill Murray. It's maybe it is. Maybe it's Bill Murray. <laughs> maybe that's why yeah, nobody clowns sometimes. He doesn't return anyone's calls these days, is because he only. Only answers the summons of wrinkles. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm trying to remember. I did watch a, 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 a okay documentary on Netflix uh, all about Bill Murray sightings from 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 civilians. Yeah, I saw that too, and I saw it like right after the documentary now thing about like finding Gary Larson, and it's like this is the same documentary. It's just about Bill Murray. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah I want to see that shit. Mm-hmm. I, I I just found out that existed. My dad's a huge documentary now fan. Find out about our travels to Iceland <laughs> uh, next week. Did you go Patreon. to the Al Capone Festival? <laughs> That's all he he asked an Icelandic person about that, and she didn't and, and and she didn't know what he was talking about. And she went and looked it up, and I think found some legit legitimacy really? to whatever that was. Wow! I still don't really understand it. He's like, Dad, documentary now is a parody of other documentaries. Like, no, but this was shot in Iceland for real. It was and shot in Iceland with Icelandic actors. It was fake in Iceland. But according to her, there is some. According to our Perla, our lovely tour guide, there is some basis in reality on that. Getting an early uh, plug in. Games. If you want to hear all about Chris's trip to Iceland, check out mm. Bonus Time next week. Uh, coming in, uh, coming in cold. If you're talking about Iceland, I guess Chris, yeah. or hot. If you're talking ah, about the lava. Iceland and another horrifying dating story. Mm-hmm. Paired paired with Greenland, it's a reminder that Vikings were bad at naming shit. No, apparently they were very clever. That but was but Iceland is very green, and Greenland is very icy. Yes, they named it that way so no one would find the green spot. Oh, they I see. Would go to yeah, the icy green part. No, so they could sell. It was a marketing move to sell yeah. patches of Greenland. And I, I don't. I, my dad thought Iceland was to keep people away, but it wasn't for that either. And the ultimate schmuck almost wanted to buy Greenland <laughs> recently. I hear it's very yeah. green. <laughs> yeah. I, I need some place to plant my crops. Or maybe Someone, he won't admit to climate change, or maybe he just knows eventually that will be nice. Very nice temperate climate. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to go pretty far north. Someone keeping a list of all the stupid things that guy does? I totally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> that was and, real. And his unwavering wisdom. What the fuck? <laughs> well, unmatched wisdom, I think yeah. it was. Unmatched <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> I am the whiz. <laughs> I have no idea. Everything's funny now. We're all the Joker. The real clown was man. (laughs) I really, really would like to see the Joker Mm -hmm. gut. Yeah. (sighs) I have so much catching up to do with laser time stuff. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to dive. Well, by the time you're hearing this, straight into the Breaking Bad movie. All right. Cool. Well, in the meantime, we do still have to record a show about scary clowns and video games, which, again, is a companion piece to a laser time episode on clowns. Which synergy, baby? This week, yes, yes, synergy. No. Yep, brand synergy, holistic brand synergy, which we will dig into right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com/LaserTime. It supports not only this show but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I just saw the TV movie of it for the first time like a few years ago. Never seen it the before. TV movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you oh. obviously didn't rent it when it was on VH like two giant VHSs because it was it's really long. It was aired over two nights in like 1990, and that's why it's like it, it's at some at times it's like a really straight horror movie, and other times it like really pulls its punches because it's airing on like ABC or some shit. And yeah, that, no, yeah, that's where I would always watch it. It would just play on cable TV. Yeah, and 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 I saw that, and I was and and I was like, I really like this, except for the adult parts. Why is that there? <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. So when I found out they were splitting the movie in two to the adult parts, I'm like, that's a terrible idea because like this is. <laughs> This is the dumbest part about the entire story outside of yeah, the, the it, kid that, orgy it, in the book. Yeah, so watching chapter two, I mean, I like Bill Hader, yeah. <laughs> but the pacing sometimes felt off, and it wasn't really scary. Oh, and, le- and let me say this. I walked out of that movie and still think I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I had a great time. Oh, yeah. I, I grabbed no, I mean, my like- friend's arm, his, his son's arm. We had a great fucking time. But, when I, but I also, on further reflection, I'm like, was that terrible, and was that a horror movie? <laughs> it was and- not good. It was fun. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our top five, where we will jump straight into what? Evil Clown Game. Clown. Yes. <laughs> the very same. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's begin with. You want to know what the inside of my mouth tastes like? <laughs> is your clown the the Jack in the Box from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? A Charlie, <laughs> Charlie in the Box. Uh, Jesus th- Christ! Thought I thought I recognized yes. that. <laughs> yes, listen to the Laser Times Behind the Voice episode. You'll learn who that voice is based on. Even though we broke that story here on VG, I know long who it is. Ago. It's the uncle from Mary Poppins. Huh. I'm talking to you. I'm talking like thousands of other people, man. All right. <laughs> thousands. Well, Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's see if you can recognize this. Number five. For my first murders, I chose the perfect targets. The perfect family. I chose his family. Marcus, no! Marcus doesn't live here anymore. Please no! Marcus, wait! Shut up and bleed, you motherfucker. They all died so easily. Except for her. Uh, who is this? I don't I, know, but I'm scared already. No, I've got another hint for you. Calypso. Oh! Oh, really? what? Calypso. Where's my goddamned prize? <laughs> that's, right. uh, that's sweet. That, wait, okay, sweet so where's tooth. that where where's that that footage from then? What footage? The, the, the audio that, footage? That sound. <laughs> God damn Dick. it. It's it's from the 2012 <laughs> Twisted Metal. Oh, okay, oh that's the, why. the game I didn't like. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> where he goes he goes full serial killer in that one. Like he was he was always sort of a serial killer, but like his character has actually gone through a lot of permutations over the years. Beginning in the first Twisted Metal, he was a very different psychopathic character, more like, oh, I'm goofy and hard to understand. And it's it's evidenced very clearly in the lost footage of the original endings of Twisted Metal, which were cut from the game, but which you can find on YouTube. Look, I'm a bit confused, Mr. Cave. 
You do understand, by winning high octane, you are entitled to any request of any value. And yet, you ask me for this? Oh, man. Give me that. Give me! A paperback? You can't be serious. Oh, man. Oh, he needs to talk to the paper bag, and then he's going to shoot an Uzi at everybody, and it's it's real weird. And also, it was recorded when the game was still being called High Octane instead of Twisted Metal. Yeah, I thought I yeah. heard High Octane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the yeah, famous High Octane twisted, tournament. Twisted Metal is such a better name. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad they came upon that. Yeah, it's so much better. And then uh, Twisted Metal 2, I think his ending was that he wanted to be turned into a bug and live peacefully in a garden where he would eat other bugs and sometimes people. Uh, (laughs) And then Twisted Metal 3 and 4 were kind of legendarily bad at the time because they got handed over to a new developer and they went like full board, late 90s, dark carnival, silly, cartoony. And here's, here's an excerpt from 3 where you get to hear what Sweet Tooth's heart's desire is. Your wish is to eat all the candy and ice cream you want. Your wish is granted. You should have brushed between snacks. Oh, that classic Calypso wit. He had to go to the dentist to get fillings. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's that's uh, really I'm a step Cali- down from, like, I'm going to rip your face and spread <laughs> yeah. it across the sky. I'm Calypso, the Muppet Baby's version of Rod Serling. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you like monkey's paws. <laughs> yes. What did you uh, I believe we did, we did a weird video live commentary on all the, the Twisted Metal 2 and 3's endings because they mm-hmm. are... Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and then Twisted Metal 4, he takes over the contest and it, it, it like talks about him like, oh, from a young age, he was a carnival clown and he always wanted to be in Twisted Metal and yeah, eventually took over. And he doesn't even talk in that one. Um, but then it was in Twisted Metal Black that he really became the sweet tooth that we know and love today with the polka dot pants and the leather harness instead of the shirt and the creepy mask and the flaming head, and in fact, Twisted Metal Black explains the reason that he now has a flaming head. He asked God to curse me, to burden me forever with the flames of hell. It took me less than a minute to kill three police officers and get my mask back on. I never used to believe in curses, but it's been three months since that night, and the pain gets worse every day. Yeah, so Sweet Tooth goes on a murder spree and gets arrested and sentenced to death, and when he's sitting in the chair, the the preacher, another character in Twisted Metal Black, comes in and curses him, and he, of course, survives the execution and kills guards and escapes mm. but they've kept that character design ever since he came back for 2012 twisted metal came back that way i think for yeah twisted metal head on this design also came back for playstation all-stars battle royale Ooh. where his rival was kratos such sweet cold perfection a round ball of heaven balanced on a delicate cone so pleasing to the senses who doesn't love an ice cream cone? 
trick there, pal. Let's see if I can match it. Yeah, he's also obsessed with ice cream. In so I was just about to point out, like this is definitely like an older view of dudes who drive ice cream trucks. Because I don't know Mm -hmm. about you, but I've never seen like an ice cream guy in a truck do like a hand scooped ice cream cone. It's always just he's just reselling shit he picked up at Seven Eleven. You know, it's like here you go, here's this popsicle, here's this fucking Pac Man ice cream popsicle. You know, with the melted here's Tweety Bird with Down syndrome. (laughs) Yeah, here's your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pops uh-huh, with the or, eye on the cheek. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, that. That is just like such an archaic. Like, oh mm-hmm. yeah. Although I've seen a few like artisanal ice cream trucks that are for grown ups now that do like soft serve and stuff sure. on the truck. Uh, Did but we, the but that's another thing that in in All Stars Battle Royale he like specifically points out that his truck makes ice cream. Like, <laughs> e- even if you're scooping it, you don't make it in the truck. No, no. I mean, may- maybe uh, the, the truck is just to refrigerate the ice cream. I would think. Did we list the fact that like his whole name is? He has like a cool name already. He doesn't need to be called Sweet Tooth. He's Needles Sweet Tooth Kane. Yes, Dude, that's Needles pretty badass. Kane. Yeah, he also has another name, Marcus Kane, and Marcus actually appeared as a separate character. In several different Twisted Metals, as like a homeless dude who drove this car called Roadkill, but eventually he was revealed to be Sweet Tooth's split personality, and in some games that, that kinda comes through more, more explicitly. He's also the son of Charlie Kane, who drove uh, Yellow Jacket, the taxi cab. What I remember is that in the reboot, his son is him, he, he takes on the mask to avenge his father, hmm. to avenge Needles, and then at the end of that one, um, Calypso revives his daughter from the dead and gives her the mask like they, they begin to imply that it's the mask that's like giving people power yeah. eventually. well they in in 2012 the origin that they had was that he was an ice cream man and that he carved the mask and and sweet tooth identified himself as the mask and he he referred to marcus kane as as he and mm-hmm. like his life he he was a coward he was weak yeah and, but then he kills marcus's his own family yeah Except for his daughter who stabs him in the eye and escapes. And so his heart's desire is he wants to find out where his daughter ran to so that he can finally kill her. And, and that, give that's her a bit all of the a spoiler, ice cream yeah. and candy she can eat uh-huh, so she yeah. has to go to the dentist. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, big, big twist ending. Ooh, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, most people, even more people are afraid of the dentist than are afraid of clowns. <laughs> I, I'm afraid of both. Holy shit. Maybe you'll run in terror when I show you this harmless kitten. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Sweet Tooth, he's, he's been a lot of stuff. He's not precisely scary so much as he's like very brooding and dark. Like obviously you wouldn't want to meet him, but he's familiar to the point where it's just like, I, like, I, I lump you together with like Freddy Krueger and, you know, wisecracking slashers of the eighties where like you're sort of scary, but not really. He should be scarier than, I mean, cause his mm-hmm. backstory is that he was like, he killed kids, right? And put him in his truck. Uh, maybe yeah. that might have been one the, of them. Uh, yeah. I'm getting a bit confused with the the ice the clown from Spawn. Mm. Um, I think we are going to end up doing that a lot this episode. We're going to confuse terrifying clowns because yes. a lot of them they tend to have similar backstories, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's, it's one of the reason a lot of them are inspired by which which is the actual serial killer that that dressed as a John clown, Wayne John, Gacy. John Wayne Gacy, yeah, who I never think. killed while dressed as a clown. To be fair, no, it's just. It, Let's clarify. It's just John Wayne. We're finally talking about it. It was the, the whole time. 
You're going to give me your skin, Pilgrim. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. Infamous serial uh, kids. That was John a John Wayne. Wayne impression. John Wayne was a famous actor yeah, before you were boy. born. If Jim Ross is listening, he'd be so excited right now. His hero. Oh, man. Uh, there is a bust of John Wayne inside USC's Heritage Hall because he played football for my alma mater, USC. Yeah. I say we take away his airport. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he got an airport. <laughs> yeah. It's also, I hear, a terrifying airport to fly in and out of because noise ordinances mean that planes can't actually fly low over the neighborhoods around the airport. So what they do is they take off at a very steep angle. Yes. And then they cut, they, the, jets they and cut the jets and... and glide for a few minutes until they're it's like that's fucking it's insane greatly exaggerated that it doesn't feel that weird okay. when you do it all right yeah it's just having that described to me is the yeah. but it, yeah it's not as bad as you think that sweet tooth very prolific but uh not quite as creepy as number four <laughs> we're on our way oh i wonder what this could be this is a very old game Made a splash in arcades as one of the first games to have the winners don't do drugs screen pop up at the very beginning. Oh, fuck. Oh, was this, um, shit. It wasn't shit. Was it? Oh, it was, was actually it was, quite was, good was, at the time. Was it NARC? It was NARC, which is like this weird museum exhibit on like, you ever wonder like exactly how conservative pop culture was in the 80s? <laughs> Go yeah. play NARC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, our president was Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> it's it's a game about walking through city streets with a machine gun and a rocket launcher and alternately firing them into crowds of drug dealers. <laughs> I remember it being talked it was one of those things it feels like this is this is just sugarcoating my nostalgia someone running onto the schoolyards. Guys, 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 have you heard of this new game Narc? It's the most violent thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was Yet it had, for the 80s, a positive message. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was probably to balance out the clouds of limbs that would go flying every time you fired your rocket launcher. My wife, Nancy, it, approves of this mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the, the, the drugs were like coincidental. Like, nobody talked about the drugs. They talked about how fucking violent it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because running around collecting little baggies of cocaine wasn't that interesting. No. It's just... Yeah, you never see them deposit in the evidence locker. Mm-mm. That's going straight to the narc party. It couldn't yeah. have been real cocaine, though. It had to be some made-up drug like the Robocop 2 drug, right? No, I think it... I, I don't know that they ever I don't think. I don't name. think they would have named it cocaine. Then you're giving kids ideas. Did. you got to be like Jet okay. or... Uh, I don't know. Even Rockstar had to call, call that shit Flash in, yeah. uh, in, their, yeah. in the Warriors game. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so the, the clown in question comes up a few levels into the game, and he is named... Kinky Pinky. Whoa. And he is a knife-wielding clown who runs around the red light district abducting prostitutes. So yeah, he just runs and grabs them, slings them over his shoulder and walks away and so you have to you have to shoot him. Uh, he's one of the few enemies that like most most enemies in Narc if you walk into them, like you can arrest them. You can't do it with him. He'll just stab you. So you have to kill him and sometimes you have to kill a bunch of him at once. <laughs> that is actual gameplay. I didn't <laughs> knock your head. God, that was awful. <laughs> but, oh, boy. 
But yeah, he he was a creepy villain. He made the transition over into the NES version, where he uh, clearly he made enough of an impact on young me that I remembered him for this list. Kinky was, Pinky, Kinky Pinky is Hard one of the first that ones name. I thought of. Yeah, fucking creepy ass digitized actor clown in a with with a giant butcher knife, and the music in his stage. I remember like. I didn't really notice it in the arcade version, but in the NES version, it was extra creepy. Yeah, just just eerie, and and on the NES version, like you couldn't have as many sprites on screen at once, so it was it had a feeling of desolation too. Oh, I think I can't believe we forgot to mention the two hero characters of this game. Oh yeah, Max Force and Hitman. Hitman, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Ma- Max Force made it onto. I don't know if you remember. I'm trying to remember what it was called, but Acclaim, the publisher on, of the NES version of Narc had oh, a cartoon fuck. in I think it was yeah. called Video Power and so they they had a cartoon portion of this partly live action show like Super Mario Brothers Super Show where it was like Max Power and like one of the characters from Arch Rivals and I think a basketball player <laughs> yeah just a basketball yeah, player yeah yeah <laughs> quark 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 yeah the tomato and bigfoot <laughs> right the truck the truck <laughs> oh <laughs> Like these things that it was the most loser version of Captain N you've ever fucking seen. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it was bad. And 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 the the only thing I remember was like, there's like that drug dealer and narc that throws the syringes at you. I forget what his name was, but he showed up in the cartoon and he like picks up a barrel and he's like, "You want two players simultaneous action?" and throws it. And like this, this was written by whores. You know they're using garbage IP if Disney owns none of that stuff Mm -hmm. by now. Yeah. Maybe Disney owns Bigfoot. I don't. Uh, know. Oh, that would that would be hysterical if Disney like just found out they owned Bigfoot. <laughs> like, oh, it turns out we were keeping all right, it in, he's the, in the MCU. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday at Disney's California Adventure. <laughs> See Bigfoot squish the country bear. Yeah, worth noting that Video Power, the cartoon segment, only lasted. For a season, and then I think they replaced it with like a game show that was hosted by the same guy who would like previously show up. His like his live action bits were like tips and tricks, or I'm going to tell you about a new game that's coming out from Acclaim or whatever. Oh, and and Kuros from Wizards and Warriors was also on the cartoon. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Anyway, <laughs> cartoons were bad. People, there's a lot. They were really bad, especially in the 80s and 90s. Yes. But we loved them, damn mm-hmm. it. And we walked yep. uphill to school both ways. We did. We did. We loved our Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. or afternoon yeah. cartoons. We lived in a neighborhood designed by M.C. Escher, so that was yes. actually possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Number three. I think I know what this is from the engine noise. Oh, yeah? Is this Dead by Daylight? This is Dead by Daylight. 
Yeah, because isn't that the whole goal of that game? Is you have to get like the engine up and running, or that's one of the things. I think yeah, it's one of the things you have to do, and it's it's like a a game like Friday the Thirteenth, where you're either playing as a group of survivors who are ideally supposed to work together. Yeah. Try to escape, or you're playing as, as the killer. As the killer. Well, you would ask. You're like, hey, you guys play that at all? And I was like, I've, I kind of picked sides and chose Friday the Thirteenth because they're such similar games. Mm-hmm. When in reality, though, Dead by Daylight, like if you're a horror fan, they've gotten so much horror IP by now. It's like it has to be the superior game just because like of all the cool fan service shit in there. They kind of do a mixture of they they do licensed stuff, so they have like. Freddie, Michael Myers. I don't remember it was such a huge deal when they got Michael Myers. Well, that stuff came later because it Wait, launched with like about- Dead by Daylight. Yes. Yeah. No. And they just had the the you can plays the Demogorgs and Stranger yeah. Things. That game yeah. fucking. Oh wow. It, that game started with like four. I want to say four unlicensed monsters, and then as it got big, because it, it has this weird following where like people just play it a lot, kind of like Friday the Thirteenth, uh, the game. It's it's one of Lizzie's favorite games mm-hmm. of Elm Street Nightmare season three now on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. She nice. plays it every fucking day. Yeah, but it's like yeah. Over time, they got popular enough where they started getting licensed villains to be the monsters. Yeah, this it's it's brilliant because it's it's all this wonderful asymmetrical multiplayer. If you like Friday the Thirteenth but don't like matches that take like ten minutes minimum, yeah, that's what Dead by Daylight is. Because it's it's a isn't it more compact? It's like little smaller maps. Because like yeah, dude, yeah, Friday they're, they're, they're like literal maps. You can see you can see from one end to the other where, yeah. compared to like Camp Crystal Lake, which you you know you where's the start and where's it begin? Yeah, yeah, although uh I think in Friday the thirteenth Jason can kill survivors a lot more quickly, whereas in Dead by Daylight it seems like so the killer has to cut down the survivors and then when they're down for the count, basically he has to pick them up and put them on a meat hook, at which point they can struggle to escape and other people can come along and rescue them. Mm. I feel like this is a game pass game. So mm. if you if you Ooh, haven't played maybe. it, it might yeah. be might be worth checking out. It's fucking great. Like we streamed it on our YouTube channel when it first came out, and it was one of the things I always meant to get back into because Dave and I loved it. And now they just they just added Ash and fucking oh, yeah. Left for Dead shit, and yeah. it's it's crazy. Yeah. So the clown was added in June 2018. He's mm. part of a DLC pack called Curtain Call, and uh, uh-huh. he's he's this giant fat old man in uh, sort of decrepit looking makeup. He shows up in a carnival caravan of wagons drawn by a sickly looking horse mm-hmm. and his whole MO is like he will just infiltrate existing circuses and carnivals so that he can blend in and find his victims when they're alone. And then he breaks kayfabe and hugs uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall mm. in the middle of the ring. But he's so sexy so that this is how he was introduced in his debut trailer. Lots of heavy breathing. He's clearly got weight problems. Probably like some old, sleep apnea. Old overweight alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. He was he was born in 1932. Had a bunch of substance abuse problems, but remained athletic enough to chase down teenagers and murder them. <laughs> um, and and yeah, he uh, he's gross, but he's also an expert in experimenting with muscle relaxants and anesthetics. And so he, he has these bottles that he can throw. They're like these big area of effect attacks that they cause this huge purple cloud to pop up and it will slow down any survivors and blur their vision. So mm. makes it easier to 
catch up to him and deliver a few stabs. Even when he laughs, he sounds phlegmy. Yeah. This guy, this guy sounds like he smells bad. Yeah. <laughs> Beef and cheese coming off his breath. Smells ugh. So unsavory. Yeah. But yeah, good good game for Halloween. Good creepy vibe. And if you're afraid of clowns, oh my God, has it ever got a clown for you. So he's not supernatural at all, though. He's, he's no. just, okay. He's just, just a giant drug creep thing. with throws, a knife. Throws cannabinoid oil at you, the CBD stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Wants to wants to... Give give you like a really good mellow. Yeah, uh, before, I got a little kink in my back. Thank you so much for yeah. throwing that bottle at yeah, me. You got it all out. He'll he'll fix it before he yeah. drives in the steel. But none of that over the counter shit you get at CVS. We need the good CBDs, man. Mm-hmm. Not CVS CBD. Yeah, no, not that derived from hemp shit. You need the real <laughs> shit. Jesus Christ! It's all legal here. Yeah, that's true. But is it legal everywhere? I don't know. Hmm. I don't use it anyway. So, <laughs> and as of last month, you can do all this as Steve and Nancy from Stranger Things. Uh, I want to get back into this game, guys. Oh yeah, nice. Cool. I really got to finish Stranger Things season three. I'm, I have like an yeah, episode do. left. Really? Yeah. That's the season I where I keep thinking, like, why are you screaming when there's like Russians nearby? Like. They keep getting into screaming arguments when they're supposed to be stealthy and quiet. I can't get over the fact it's just so weird to me that I'm watching Ethan Hawke's daughter. And I'm like, that's the Explorer's kid's daughter. Like, oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Feel old, man. Yeah, man. Feels old, man. Anyway. Number two. I know you guys can guess this. Man, fuck this list. That scared me. <laughs> <laughs> that scared you. I, I don't like creepy clown laughs. Mm. And that one had a really creepy voice. What yeah, was that? Yeah, it does. Do you, do you guys, Chris, do you want to guess? Well, that's clearly the Halloween episode of Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. mm-hmm. Night of the Doozer. I can't believe it. Revving chainsaws, creepy clown. Where do you know a chainsaw clown from? I, I'm not. I'm not getting this. I don't know. Okay. Creepy clown with chainsaw. It's it's Adam McIntyre from Dead Rising. Oh, this oh. dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah which yeah. I think you both mentioned to me when we were planning the list. So I'm extra surprised you didn't get it. Well, yes. Well, I, I actually I, I, I've never seen him. I've here's here's a here's a thing. I, I mentioned him on another show because mm. I've never ever encountered him in my life while playing Dead Rising, but I've really? encountered it several times on, on a VGA Top 5 talking about Dead Rising. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I know he exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's, he's a weirdo, too. He's a creepy-ass boss, the Willamette Mall. It has this giant roller coaster in the middle of it for some reason. And you meet him when you go to the roller coaster to try and find something or other. He's, he's strapped some survivors into it. They can't escape. But he is a creepy fat clown who has a small chainsaw in each hand that he uses to attack you with. He is surprisingly hard to beat. Mm-hmm. And he's terrifying because you don't really know what his deal is as he's like just kind of brandishing his saws and juggling them. But he kind of has a sad backstory. Like a lot of the psychos that you meet are, are normal people who just they broke for some reason because of the, the zombie apocalypse. And in his case it was that he just wanted to entertain people and the zombies came along and ruined all of that. And I love this clip that I'm about to play because it takes what would be a very stock line of dialogue for any other apocalypse scenario where it's like, ah, people used to laugh at me, but now I'm a big man. 
And it kind of reverses it with a lot of sadness and a certain, that gives them a certain degree of pathos. Uh, let's hear it. Everyone used to laugh at me. <laughs> I was a walking punchline. <laughs> See, but that that line you could totally hear that coming from like a everyone used to pick on me kind of guy, but it's it's in reverse. He wanted to be laughed at. He's a clown. He just wants to entertain. No, no, you have way too much compassion for clowns. I do. Like no, no. Am I remembering correctly? He had like. This guy, he couldn't feel pain or something, too. There was, like, something. Or Does he does he chainsaw himself to death? Like, uh, he does chainsaw himself to death, actually. He he falls on both of his chainsaws, which just tear into his midsection while you look at him face down. Sort of like the Joker at the end of the 1989 Batman with uh, (laughs) the... Yeah, I think that's what I was remembering is Mm -hmm. he just continues to laugh while he's basically being disemboweled. But it might have been some sort of voice box and he died before. Right. That was my other question is how come he totally went like deep... What's that thing where you don't do helium, but have you ever seen people when they when they do the the air that's like heavier than than regular no. air? And they, their voice goes super deep I, like I that. Have. I should that? try that. All right. yeah. I, I think it's very expensive gas that's hard to find. Right? Mm. I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't need it. Can I just get like an Amorton Joe mask that I could talk through mm. while it's yeah that that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he can somebody witness him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Adam, I think, made an impression on a lot of people. He's he's a real fucking creep. He's got chainsaws. So that's like two basic fears that a lot of people have, especially in a horror context. And on top of that, he has a brother who shows up in Dead Rising 2 Case West. And on, uh, compounding another phobia into this, the brother is on stilts. Which I know uh, no, no. creeps certain people out to, to no end. But he... Uh, he's an unsavory character. Now, what flavor would you like, young man? Because <laughs> I've got more flavors back at the car. I don't think you're going to sell a lot of ice cream right now. And I am not getting in your car. Uh, but then he sees a sign, an autographed picture of Frank West float by. And he's like, oh, Frank West, I've heard of you. You fought my brother at the Willamette Mall. Yeah. So, and this dude's name? Do you remember? Evan. Evan McIntyre. Yeah. What? What is it with the clown named Adam and Evan? You know, like what happened? Mm. Were you too good for Bozo and Blinko? And yeah, they know. go by their real names now. It's uh, yeah, it's like they're like pro wrestlers. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> they have to go by their real names. Oh man, they gotta have gimmick names. I used to have a clown name that there's no market in America for <laughs> Dildo the Clown anymore. <laughs> Quiet well, dignity of dude. It's a niche market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of clowns with quiet dignity. <laughs> 
you guys probably aren't going to get this because this is one of the rarest and most terrifying arcade games I have ever seen in my fucking life. This is called Snacks and Jackson. The clown in question is named Jackson D. Box. And he is a sad hobo clown who sits down to various meals in like a pseudo 3D force perspective. And he sneezes and his nose flies off toward you. And while it's in the air, you have to... Controlling his head with a trackball on a very elongated, stretchy neck, you have to zoom around the stage, eat the food that floats out of the walls, and then bounce the nose off of his face. It's, uh... That's his laugh. This is an arcade game? This is an arcade game. Produced in the 80s by Bally. Bally. For their Sente machine. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it now. It, it it looks way, it looks way newer than 1984 to its credit. It does, yeah. It's got but really it, good graphics. Wait, this is 84. See, I thought they were doing a pun based on Action Jackson. The I movie think with they Carl, are. Yeah. But that movie was was like 88, though, was it? Yeah. Huh. But I, I think it had one. Did it have one sequel? But either way, it was it was it, it had a, a long life on HBO and cable and shit. Action Jackson. Action Jackson, Jackson rules, Jackson. by the way. <laughs> oh, no, this game is awful and buried in the desert. <laughs> oh, like, God, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. I, I think like, I, I saw it for the first time in person at uh, California Extreme Expo a couple years ago, and it's it's just horrifying, man. It's it's a dumb concept with a bad premise, and he's like of the Emmett Kelly clown variety, like the really sad mm-hmm. six-day stubble uh, shitty hat clown, like, like hobo clown. The kind that you'd find paintings of in a thrift store? If that <laughs> Kelly baby, yeah. but but yeah, and it, it's like his his nose flies off of his face, leaving a black cavity. Yeah, and uh, you can you can keep uh, the nose in the air by sneezing. And if you don't eat all of the food before you bounce the nose back into the air, a little gremlin that comes out to to bedevil you will throw a pie in your face. I, we may need the boys from Padukan to take a deep dive on uh-huh. this weird ass game. But I remember uh, if Ugh. if you guys ever read Sean Baby, who used to write for EGM, uh, yeah. write yeah. sometimes for mm-hmm. Cracked. I think he referred to this as what Hitler sees when he closes his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is it is really eerie. Like to its to its credit, I think it was really ahead of its time in terms of game design, and that like it's a it's a two D game that has a pseudo three D perspective where it's like. Gravity-wise, you're looking down into a hole, and at the bottom of this hole is a clown with a, a head on a stretchy neck, and he is bouncing his nose up toward you, and you need to think of his face as a paddle that you're bouncing the nose on, and in between bounces, you need to eat all the food that comes out of his wall. This is the most disturbing it, it thing is, I've ever it is, It's horrifying! Like de- this, it, it, this is a... In any other world, this would be a tech demo. I'm like, this looks great. I mean, not this, but like, this, <laughs> there's a concept here that we can develop into something with a spaceship yeah. or a hero. But, but it, not like, a surrealist a level. He's just he's just in bed. Yeah, like lying in bed. That's the midnight <laughs> lying snack in level. bed with his. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so it's so awful. dumb. But yeah, he 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 dresses up for dinner, even though it's just him. He's wearing a, a red jacket. He's not wearing in any of the other bits. Oh, just utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Even for an arcade game, it is, it is absolutely absurd. 
Yeah, and it, it because like I, I don't know, I was, I was just playing like Burger Time. It's a dude assembling a burger. It makes sense. This doesn't make any sense. Clowns no. aren't aren't known to lose their noses. Or <laughs> well, and it's it's just also not like or eats. It's not common clown lore soap. that they don't have noses underneath the red nose. Like it's always we're you know we all know like oh no they have a regular nose underneath there. It's not an empty cavity. Fucking terrifying. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it could have worked better if this was like a frog in his tongue or some shit, like uh, reaching out to eat stuff. Ugh. And it's all like bubble bobble power ups. It's just disembodied popsicles and strawberries. This is so strange. Yeah, they're I can't not, stop they're looking not even, at it. They're not even power ups. He just has to eat them all before he bounces his nose. Uh, it's and it's so disconcerting, but yeah, oh, this was it, 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 and it seems very mobily, like even more so than mm. most mobile games. Well, it makes a little bit more sense when you realize that it was made for the Balicente was a, an arcade machine whose big selling point was that you could easily swap out the boards and controls. So for arcade owners, it's like, here, just buy a new kit and you can convert the machine into whatever you want. And it'll be a cheaper way to keep earning and bringing new games into your arcade. But, oh God, it's just so like on, on the one, I'm, I'm not sure whether to, praise this game for its creativity or to condemn it for it like of all things of all things that you could make a game out of why a noseless clown yeah i want to be in that pitch meeting like yeah. w- w- how did this get made seriously I think, I think you're giving this a lot of credit by assuming there was a pitch meeting probably <laughs> i think i think i think honestly that the uh the publisher just found the completed board on its doorstep one day and was like oh guess we'll sell this you must sell 20 <laughs> cabinets or face a terrible curse. Yeah, if if you've ever heard a, a game referred to as Fever Dream, if it's not somehow weirder than this, it doesn't deserve the title. Mm. I'm looking at a picture of the yeah, arcade to, to make it worse, it like it, it it looks like what is it? Like that game Clax sort of kind of but in reverse. Looks a little like Clax, yeah. And this this clown is always in a square room, mm-hmm. com- completely symmetrical, like he's trapped in some weird version of like a Wes Anderson movie in Cube. It, 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 there is something sadistic under the surface. Oh, yeah. And I think yeah. we need to get to the bottom of it. The, the good news is I'm looking at a picture of the arcade flyer for the game. And at least in this one, he does have a nose. It's just very yeah. dark. Well, some I, I'm looking at that. that same one and like it, it, it would be too scary. Like no arcade owner is going to buy something with a clown with a cavity on its face. It's and so, so that's misrepresenting the content of the game. Also, I didn't <laughs> mention that if, uh, the, the, the nose is apparently so heavy, that if you don't hit it with your face and it hits the window behind you, it will shatter the window and you will lose. Oh my god. That was that was the best You're, scene. You don't have lives, you have noses, it's not measured in levels, it's measured in days. Like how many days you're stuck doing this? Wow. In this horrible, well, horrible purgatory, yeah, well, where, where peanuts fly out of your walls when you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's measured in meals, so I guess there, there's uh, there are four meals: there's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and and Taco Bell fourth meal. Uh, well, midnight snack, but yes. Mm-hmm. Stop it! I'm stuck. <laughs> oh God, it's it's such a it's so bad. Yeah. There's no redeeming qualities to this game. There's nothing to say about this it game. Is, it is no. It, it does have some creativity there. You can give it a try if you can survive the nightmare and you've got a strong stomach for watching <laughs> noseless clowns eat. No, no. 
don't try it here. I'm going to disagree with my co-host here. Just go watch a video on YouTube and then you've seen it and that's all you need. Fair, fair. But yes. Um, anyway, that's been our list. That is easily the most terrifying of the five clowns Do that we talked about. Go watch Action Jackson instead. That's way more enjoyable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carl Weathers, man. Come on. Or go watch it. It's probably better than any of this. <laughs> Could be. Uh, but anyway, on that note, uh, that's been our top five. We hope you liked it. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Everybody loves a clown. So why don't you? Everybody laughs at the things that I say and do. They all laugh when they see me coming. But you don't laugh. You just go. Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30 2010. Here's a clip from 1999. American Pie was a phenomenon with uh, was crazy. five, five, four sequels and three straight to video sequels. Yeah. But American Pie is all about guys trying to get laid, especially through the eyes of Jim, Jason Biggs, who I think is actually pretty fun. I like that. I, I've always liked Jason Biggs, and I'm try- I can't even remember what the pie scene is because oh, he fucks it. No, no, yes, <laughs> I recall. But uh, I his penis. <laughs> but I saw both move the the first two movies in theaters, and the MPAA always has a cut to suggest. So the DVD has if you watch. You watched it more on DVD. You have a different fucking scene. So, what do you remember him doing with the pie? Honestly, I don't remember. Like, I've kind of blocked. Did that his dad out. come in and he has the pie plate over I his think crotch? So, yeah. So, in the right. unrated, unrated DVD, he's on the counter fucking it. Oh, and- <laughs> missionary style. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can you do doggy with a pie? <laughs> I mean, not if you're the giver. Uh, bend it over the fireplace. And like- <laughs> but you can do reverse cowgirl. Uh, <laughs> How do you reverse it? It's round. Well, the pie plate's away from you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the pie plate is its underwear. I <laughs> <laughs> think it's all but. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to our final segment where we will not drag our feet or drag out the introduction for that segment known as You had a no clowning around joke right in front of you and you whiffed. I did. I didn't even think about it. That's that's already in the distant past. It is. We're we're past the spooktacular theming. Now we're just on to serious talk about serious games seriously are we like valfaris valfaris is seriously metal yeah it's like <laughs> metal contra yeah the perfect description is it's metal contra yeah like it's With, uh, like space marine theming like like warhammer space marines not like master chief space marines he's not even like a space marine so much as he's like he's like metal dude it's really so i so the, what the game is, is it's got the pixely graphics, and it really is a side-scroller with with this sci-fi metal theme where you are 
this dude, Valfaris, who like goes to explore this planet and you're on this mission and you're basically the first thing is like, I'm going to drop in and go in hard and kick some ass and you got your metal music playing. But it's a surprisingly fun run and gun shooter, you know, so, um. What are you saying? You're saying metal isn't fun? No, metal is never fun. Metal is serious, deathly serious. <laughs> Why am I doing the, I don't know, the death clock thing? <laughs> but it's, uh. Metal is a giant gag. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, the thing that's kind of different about it and makes it kind of fun is there is a, a weapon system and an upgrade system where you kind of have your primary gun. And then you have – you will slowly collect other guns over the course of the game. And they're all mapped to this kind of secondary – you have your health meter and you have this energy meter. And all those guns are mapped to that energy meter, but so is your shield. And so there's a little bit of a trade off. It's like you can either play it a little safer and put up your shield when dudes are shooting at you because it is bullet heli running gun style. Or you can use that energy for the better guns. And so there's, there's always that little interplay like which one do I do? Uh, the other cool little mechanic is you will collect these like – they call them like there's like save tokens, which you will come across points in the game where you could, you know, deposit a token and save right there and have a spawn point. Or if you hold on to it, it increases your energy and your health. And so it's that little bit of risk reward. Like, do I want to roll around with more total health or do I want to go ahead and save? Which what I found so far is you almost always want to use the save slot. You know, it's way better than thinking you have a little bit more energy and then keep going and then die. So, cause it, it is also, um, can get to be hard, you know, it's, it's running gun, bullet hell type game. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where they could have, they could have really not pulled it off and it could have been cheesy, but they know they're, they're self-aware enough to know like what they're doing and they don't go too far with the metal stuff and it's fun. Soundtrack's great. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. There's, you know, it's, it's a fun little pickup. If you, if you are craving that kind of game, uh, action-y kind of Contra style game, but want it updated with some newer mechanics and like metal, uh, it's a, it's a good game. Cool. And I was playing it on Switch and I got a code for that I should disclose. Oh yeah. You got it for free. I did. Indivisible also came out this week, and it's... Indivisible. It's been getting a lot of really good reviews, and I was honestly a little bit skeptical, because it's like, well, modern indie 2D game, who who knows how good it's going to be. And I started playing it, and do you ever have a moment where you're playing, like, the first few minutes of a game, and you can instantly tell, oh, this is going to be really good. Like, this is already really good. Like, this is has mm. clever mechanics right off the bat. It's, it's super fun to, to play, uh, you know, even though it's like a, it's a turn-based RPG, but it's just immediately, it, it's something you can connect to. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's essentially like Valkyrie Profile, in, in case anyone's ever played through that, where the, uh, the exploration slash overworld takes place in like a 2D platforming, uh, environment. And, as as you meet characters, you will basically absorb them into your character's uh, inner space, mind palace, whatever you want to call it, and they will pop out during battles. Again, very Valkyrie profile, and each character is assigned to a different button. Mm-hmm. So when you're in combat, like, and uh, you can, if a character has like A A A underneath them, it's like you know that like I just hammer this when when those button meters are full, and they'll do a combo, or mm-hmm. you know. I, if I want, like, another character to jump in, like, AX or whatever. Do the combos ever change, or is it always the same for that particular I character? mean, I haven't gotten very far into it, so yeah. they haven't changed yet. But I imagine that there's probably 
options to do something like that later on. I was watching someone play and I immediately got excited because I thought it was like a Mario and Luigi game where I was like, oh, are you able to interact and like do blocks and stuff during combat? Yes. You, so you can do some of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can block, you nice. can parry. Nice. Yeah, so, so it's more... It's a hybrid real-time turn-based, right? Where it's you're kind of on a timer, mm-hmm. and when well, your it's timer like the, comes the ATB, that yeah, 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 the active time battle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it and it looks great. We should say it's it's animated by Titmouse, hmm. you know, and uh, so it it has this really cool anime style. How's the platform? Because it how's it feel? Because it looks kind of loose feeling. It feels pretty good. Feels, feels good. Yeah, you jump okay. around on the platforms. You do the. The karate chop things and, and attack little monsters that are roaming around in the environment. And there's, it looks like there's some light puzzle elements in, in the platforming as well with like making platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and stuff, doing so. wall jumps, knowing how to do that. And I, I was kind of surprised that like, it's one of those games that like, obviously it tells you like, oh, you stop in front of the save bell and, and hold B and then push down on your controller to save. Yeah. And then like one message it pops up early on with is like, don't worry about saving over the same slot. A single slot can uh, contain up to 200 saves. It's like, that's weird. How does that work? I don't yeah. know. Whatever. That's confusing. Um, but like finding an area where you have to wall jump and it didn't tell me that I had to wall jump. I just knew that, okay, this looks like a wall jump thing. And yeah. But then it's like, oh, hey, you did a wall jump. Good for you. I've, I've heard some people, I don't think it truly fits the description of Metroidvania, but there are some things you kind of need to get tools to progress with the platform. There's like a grappling hook and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it looks, now this is the one that was a Kickstarter campaign a few years back, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was Kickstarted. And I noticed playing it on Steam that every time that I would uh, get an achievement, it would pop up. Instead of saying the achievement, it would just say like fully funded, some like a number of backers. Oh, like, uh, okay. That's weird. Okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. But it, hmm. but it's, it's it's a fun game. Yeah, it's really fun. It's, uh, you know, RPG based on, I guess, Southeast Asian culture. I immediately got like East Indian vibes from it. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to play it more and excited to see how it pans out. Yeah. Looks, but looks, yeah, if, if like you, fun. if you wish that, Someone else made another game like Valkyrie Profile. Man, that finally happened. And if you're into turn base, which I am into turn base. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Act- active time battle, man. Yeah, man. Uh, tell me about Concrete Genie. Concrete Genie is an interesting game. Uh, nominally, like, it kind of gives the impression that it's about graffiti, and it sort of is. But you are a kid who is bullied and uh, basically exiled to this haunted lighthouse where your your drawings come to life and uh they they give you a magic brush that you can use to paint on walls and you you paint these scenes that come to life and uh you're you're using the the help of these genies that you create by painting them uh to to get through puzzles and stuff like that and like it kind of struck me that the the kid Looks like a, looks and moves like a character out of like a Leica movie. You know, Leica, the, the company, the camera that did company, Coraline. Um, oh, look at that. Okay. And Box Girl with the two strings. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. But yeah, they, they kind of have that, that sort of animation style and aesthetic. And, uh, there is like some sort of corruption that is growing across the town. So you need to go out into the open world and start dealing with it. But I was a little bit thrown because it's kind of advertised as a PSVR title. Okay. And so I was playing it in PSVR, and it was just giving me, like, the 2D flat monitor view inside the goggles. I'm like, well, what, where's the 
when is, is this going to be like Wizard of Oz where all of a sudden the world surrounds me and I'm like, oh man, it's such a cool transformation. That doesn't happen. If you want to play the adventure part, just play play it on a good TV. Don't worry about the, the PSVR aspect. The PSVR aspect is like a little attached mini game where yeah. you are teaming up with this character named Splotch, who's like a spl- an animated splotch of red paint. And he instructs you on how to, like, here, paint these landscapes in, in VR. And it's, it's kind of cool, but, uh. It's a VR experience. It is. But somebody, somebody pointed out that it's more sticker book than painting. Like, like, you're, you, you pick a design and then it's, uh, you, you paint with, like, the motion control of the, the, the DualShock. Yeah. And so you just like draw things with a little cursor on screens. It's like, I'm just going to move the, the pad from bottom to, to top and I'm going to draw a tulip, whatever. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's nice, but, but not like, it's like jet grind radio graffiti. It's like go, kinda, go quarter circle bit. over here, full circle here. A little bit more than that. And that you can like, you can aim it and it just sort of generates art wherever you I see. point yeah. and hold okay. the trigger, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, and it's very charming. Um, if you're looking for something fun and charming with light graffiti elements, uh, check it out, man. Fun and charming, light graffiti elements right there on the back uh-huh. of the box. Yeah. And speaking of fun and charming, Trine 4. Yeah. That series, uh, is always good, even though I've never heard anyone talk about it. Um, not past two. No, okay, I've talked about it. Have I mean, you? Three. Mm-hmm. Three tried something different. Three, right? appa- three apparently was a was a bit of a flop. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, and that's why I think you know I was, I think I sent you a message, Michael. I'm like, did you know there's a Trine game coming out this week? And it's just like we hadn't really heard much yeah, about. I it. I didn't, you know? but I did play it, and it is fun. And uh, it's if you haven't played a Trine game before, you have three heroes who yep. you can switch between at any time. There's a thief who has like a grappling hook and a bow. Yeah. There's a knight who has a shield that can reflect things. And of course a sword that can kill things, which is really useful. And then there's a wizard who can't really kill anything, but can manipulate objects and uh, move them around the screen and create giant cubes out of nothing. Be honest. It's, it's the lost Vikings. It's a little, well, a little bit, but lost Vikings was about like moving the three characters around and, getting them all from point A to point B, whereas this is just it's like, you're, they, they share the same body, quote unquote. It, but this one kind of is like, mixes physics puzzles in with, yeah. with, with stuff. So. Yeah, there's a lot of physics puzzles in this. Yeah. Yeah, those, those games have always been cool. It's yeah. just nice to see him back with another one. Mm-hmm. What a surprise. <laughs> if you like swinging around on a rope in a side-scroller with a character who looks kind of like she's out of Assassin's Creed, then uh, this is the game for you. All right. Yeah. Another game that uh, didn't even know was coming uh, was Ukulele and the Impossible Layer, which is it's basically Ukulele Country. It's hmm. it looks a lot like it's their two D platformer game. How did this happen? I don't know. How did, how did, how did, <laughs> and how did we not uh, hear it's, about it's it? It's so weird. But is it made out of sprites deceptively rendered in in CG first? Right. It's just moving JPEGs on mm-hmm. the screen. Yeah. No, it's it's super pretty and it, it it's getting good reviews, but it's just like um, I don't know. It's sort of a bizarre thing to do after after kickstarting something so grand to like scale yourself back like this. Feels weird. Yeah, well, it's it's also it's funny they're taking a step back in terms of like the audiences they're going after. It's like you start with like the rare. Well, it's but it's all still like riffing on the rare stuff, right? 
So they they were like starting with the banjo kazooie audience with with a 3D full on ukulele, and now they're going back to like Rare's Donkey Kong Country games. Yeah, are, yeah. So it's a little you know. Pretty soon they'll be making Rad Racer. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and Battle Toads. That's square. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, no, what was what was Rare? They did R- RC Pro Am. Was that theirs? RC Pro Am, baby. Thank you. All right. You set me and straight. Cobra Triangle. Mm, yep. Yes, RC Pro is great. Rare, rare Collection is great. Play that. Yeah, yeah play the Rare Collection. Uh, we were just talking about it this week because on 302010, Jet Force Gemini turned 20. There it is, oh, Jet geez. Force Gemini. And, yeah. and I haven't touched the Rare Replay in a while, but they updated Jet Force Gemini's controls to be uh, playable. Okay. On a, <laughs> without a, a button on the back of your boomerang controller. Seriously, it was like it's a significant upgrade. Okay. Uh, oh. Yeah. The game's not bad, is what I'm saying. All those really old rare games when I played through the collection, they they each got about five minutes, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, I I should have had the option to throw those games into the sun. <laughs> like I never want to see this again. Well, this is I think awful. that's one of the nice things about that collection is you download the games individually, so they don't take up no, space. No, you, you download the you download the 3D games individually. Yeah, like uh, the, the newer ones, the Xbox 360 ones. Those are the ones you okay. download. I mean, I just know just in my like list of games, there's a bunch of them. I'm like, oh yeah, that's from the Rare Replay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, Perfect Dark Zero, Perfect Dark Remaster, Cameo, yeah. underrated game. I really enjoyed Cameo. Yes. I don't know. I started playing Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts recently. Yeah, Did and we, were we unfair to this game? I don't know. I, I don't like the, the the building aspect and all the talking, but it's it's. I don't know. It's fucking beautiful. I, I just haven't revisited that many 360 games through my Xbox on a better television. Do you just have a hankering to collect know. puzzle pieces or what? Well, just I, I think just we talk when I, I I'm not shitting on ukulele, even though I don't like the original ukulele game. Um, it, like we just haven't seen a lot of platformers in this modern era, and the ones we have seen have been on the Switch. So when like you're looking at something that's like not 4K enhanced, but coming through a 4K device, like it looks an upscaled. It, it looks crazy, like Donkey Kong, or uh, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. That's it. I that's, I just wanted to put that out there because I was I was like in awe of the visuals of this game that's almost ten years old. Mm. Oh wow, it's that old. Yeah, we're so old. Uh, and Killer Queen Black, I yeah, guess, came out. yeah, that came out. Um, so I played a demo of that at a PAX, some previous PAX. So, so uh, yeah, that that's a hard one. Though you can't, it's a it's multiplayer game, you know. So yeah, uh, it's yeah. A big multiplayer game. Yeah, and it's team-based multiplayer arcade game. Well, it's adapted from the arcade game, so the version that's on Switch is is has some slight modifications to to that game. And I don't know enough about the arcade game to know what's different. But uh, what I played, I really like. There's you know there's there's like basically kind of like three roles you can take in your team. It might be four. Where one of the roles you can you can kind of be a drone, and so there's several win conditions in each map. And one of the win conditions is you can like drop a certain amount of stuff like as a drone in in like you go collect stuff and bring it back to a place. One other win condition, um, and I swear this isn't you're you're not high when you're hearing this is is you ride a slow snail all the way across the screen, and that's how you win. Yeah, man, yeah. like never ending story, man. These sure look like big, strong snails. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Another win condition is it's basically like a game of joust, and you take out the other team's jousters. You mm. run around the screen and, and kind of land land on them higher than them, and you will kill them because oh, that's is, how joust. This is the works. fucking Ouya game. 
Is it a new game? I didn't know that. Wasn't it? No. Is it? But it's in arcades too, right? It's in very select few arcades. It's really yeah. tough to find out in the wild. So that's what's nice is that it is coming to the Switch where people can uh, can finally it's at play uh, it. Barcade in San Francisco. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool. A if you get enough, if you get enough people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and it's it's either every time I've seen it in the wild, it's either crammed full of people or nobody's playing. Yeah. It. And in either case, it's it. it's not ideal. Yeah, you just diagnosed every arcade game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a fun one. So mm-hmm. check that out yep. when you can. Anyway, that's it for new releases. So let's move on to Please, uh, Michael and Chris. The name of Sony's next console is the drumroll. PlayStation Five. Yay! What a shock. Yeah. Why would they call it anything else? Why? Yeah. Why I thought. I really thought they'd go with PlayStation One. Well, that's mm-hmm. no. The, the bigger, <laughs> no, the bigger unknown is Microsoft. That. What Microsoft's yeah. going to do? They're they're kind of on the hook now. Somebody somebody put out a poll on Twitter that was like, "What do you think the Xbox Scarlet will actually be called?" And one of the options was just Xbox. And I'm like, "Yeah, I think it's that one. It's honestly. probably that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be called the Xbox Fortnite." They'll <laughs> announce their newest acquisition. I saw a tweet from somebody that that actually. Might happen, but it's, it would be hilarious. Uh, they said they should just call it the original Xbox and really fuck us all up at this point. <laughs> like that, the original Xbox. Right. That's his full right. official name. We keep having to do that though. Uh-huh. You go from Xbox to 360 to one. Or throw everybody for a loop and finally do what I always want them to do. Call it the Y box. Oh. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Or, or throw a, a big wrench in it and just call it the Super Xbox. That's what I would buy. <laughs> Not confusing at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's no more confusing than Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so yeah, the PS5 is the name. Uh, Sony also confirmed uh, in a post by their president, Jim Ryan, um, that the, it is coming holiday 2020. Uh, and the, in that post, he goes on to detail. I mean, they'd already revealed a lot about the tech stuff, but he detailed some stuff about the controller that was super interesting. So they're not calling it the... DualShock 5 yet, but hmm, I wonder if they will or not. Uh, but they, he does say um, the new controller, instead of traditional rumble, it has haptic feedback. So What does that mean? Well, it's like on your iPhone, like haptics when you press on a thing. It's it's just oh, like okay. it. you're able to make – there's a lot if more If you nuance. have an Android, you'd know. Have you ever cracked open like a, a PlayStation controller or an Xbox controller and seen the motors inside? I mean, no, but I, I can imagine what they look like. They probably look like the tiny motors that I played around with for science Very much so. They're just, yeah, I, I, they're saw some guy, I saw some guy on YouTube yesterday uh, fill a – Fill a clear GameCube controller with baked beans. That's got to count for something. <laughs> Gross. Why? <laughs> I don't know. To what really end? Cool, though. I, I don't know. I don't know what those fucking motors do once they start rumbling. So, so the motors your in all. your current controllers are very – they're very basic. They, they just kind of like spin in place and it shakes the thing. Yeah, but they've what, got a little weight that spins yeah. on the axis. If you yeah. look at the motors inside your controllers, they look like design faults. Yeah. Because they're yeah. just meant to tug out of your hand. Yeah, but so like, but if you look in in a Joy-Con, they have that HD rumble. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more nuance, and yeah, the thing inside your iPhone, it's a lot different. So you can you can just create a lot of different sensations with that thing. So you can do you know more violent rumbling. You can do softer stuff. You can make like fake button presses. So that's cool. 
And that the, the haptics are coming to the R2 and L2 triggers. That's well. That's that's the other thing. Hmm. Those those aren't called haptics. They're they're calling them adaptive triggers. And so developers can adjust the tension on triggers. So the the easiest way to imagine this, and the you know what they mentioned is like think of like when you're pulling back a bowstring, mm-hmm. it can get harder and harder to pull the trigger the further you go ah, back. Neat. Yeah. So it's just it's just kind of another way of. What's there's that old tire commercial that's like the only part of your car that touches the road is your tires, and it's very true. I always told people like if you're gonna spend money on anything, spend it on your controller because that's the only part of your gaming system that you actually interact with physically, mm-hmm. directly. Yeah. And so the fact that they're investing in the controller is cool. Oh, uh, one one other thing, it also will include not just a speaker this time, which still scares me every time a game takes advantage of that speaker and I hear the sound coming out of my PS, my my DualShock 4. It has a microphone. Uh, So people Hmm. are assuming it probably means there's going to be some like digital assistant integration stuff built into the controller. If if not, maybe just voice chat. Yeah, probably. Yay, like a Wii U controller. Yeah. (laughs) The only only thing I thought, sorry, this might not be neither here nor there. Cut it out if you want. Sure. Uh, Didn't, didn't we talk about this? Didn't their hand get Sony's hand get forced because like Wired like threatened to leak some shit and then just gave Wired a bunch of yes. PS5 exclusives? Yes. Because I was just looking at this and like, why would you tell anybody what's in your controller before you revealed your fucking system? Well, they did it again and they they gave, they went back to Wired because they they revealed a few more details about it. And I think the other thing is it it's either Wired was about to leak it, but developers now but at this point have the kits and so they're working with them. So a lot of this stuff is had the potential to leak out. So it makes sense that they are just getting ahead of the message. Um, they, one thing though, they haven't publicly talked about, but there was a patent that people found for PSVR two looking device that they, mm. it's referred to in the patent as a data processing device. But if you look at it, it's a, it's a VR headset and the stuff on it gives it away. So yeah. So there are two front cameras on this thing. There's a rear camera on it. There's also a camera built into the move controller that would go with it. Um, and then it supposedly also has a see-through mode, kind of like, you know, HTC Vive has that mode where it's like you can see around you so mm-hmm. you're not so blind. Yeah. The, the thing everyone hates about VR, you put on that headset and you just feel isolated. So, um, yeah, all of that would be part of this next version of PSVR. So they, they are continuing. Apparently, it looks like they're going to continue PSVR support oh, on excellent. PS5. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that's all the Sony stuff. That is a console that will come out in 2020. Let's talk about a console that may never come out. Um, The architect, the design architect of the Atari VCS uh, basically went out and publicly talked about the fact that he had to quit the project because his firm had not been paid by Atari in over six months, uh, allegedly. I might as well throw an allegedly in there just in case, but Mm. that's what, that's his side of the story. Uh, the Atari VCS, for those who don't remember, that's like... Not don't remember for those of you who don't care. No, it's <laughs> it's their high-end Atari system that was supposed to come in at like over $300 or something like that. It's uh, Over 300 Yeah, mm-hmm. for an Atari, um, which... Who's asking for that? Th- this, this I, I don't mean to shit on it because I, I do understand people who wanted this. But it did seem like, I think your nostalgia was all, like you're not at, the, the customer here is not at fault, but your your nostalgia was very misplaced from the beginning. And I think we tried to warn you of that. This is so far from anybody involved with the Atari at all. Yeah. That it, it was just exploiting your nostalgia. Yes. For, for what? 
to be a to be an Android system to have a couple preloaded eight bit games you can download on your fucking Casio watch. Like, mm, yeah. what what was the point of this thing? And who was making it? And we and, and I don't think that. I don't think the customer asked enough questions on this because it's panned out exactly like I thought it would. Who needs this and who's making it? Well, I, I think the Atari name carries a certain cachet, especially for younger players who've only ever heard of it and have never actually played old Atari games. Mm. <laughs> right. It, it's so far removed from whatever you, you associate that brand with. It's like it, it'd be like it'd be like me feeling burned from going into a a DVD rental store and renting like Van Wilder 2 and like, this isn't like the National Man Lampoon magazine I read. Mm-hmm. It's like, this has gone through so many permutations and owners. Like it just doesn't resemble the thing you want it to be and never, and it never was going to. And now that, I don't know, it's, it's depressing to see this being confirmed because I've been following this for a little while. Yeah. Just because every month that went by without a, a Kickstarter update, because they, yeah, it wasn't that they weren't updating, is that they were promising update. They weren't, they weren't promising like trailers or even like uh, specs or the system. Like we promise you an update on what we're doing, and yeah. that was that hasn't come in six months. Well, the bummer is like it's a good looking system, but the reality is like what you. What it is capable of or what it looks like, it looks like a glorified Raspberry Pi system, which you can get for much less than $250, $300. You know, it's, uh, it, you're basically paying for it for that name and kind of that look because the, the design was I cool. know. I love, I don't get me wrong. I love the way it looks, but I, I would be perfectly just as happy with that in my house if it was like a fucking humidifier yeah. or, or <laughs> yeah. like a, or like a Bluetooth speaker. Like I, I would totally put that in my house, but like, yeah. I don't know. Like I think. The, the same excitement we felt for like the SNES, the, the Nintendo Classic, I, I have to imagine that's what people born before 1980 were feeling for this thing, and, yeah. and they were destined to be burned. Well, I have to believe uh, too, like the people, like the the real people that are hardcore into retro gaming. There's better alternatives out there that are expensive. Like, what was one, Michael? You mentioned in a recent episode that you'd heard about was like it's like one of those retro consoles or something, or it might be an emulation. Oh, the Polymega, Mister. Yeah, the Polymega, the Polymega. Yeah, yeah. But the Mister is like its whole this whole other thing that I don't understand. Where it's like you're basically assembling your own hardware from printed circuit boards. I'm not really Mm -hmm. sure. That's wild. But yeah. uh, it's it's like another level above Raspberry Pi, but yeah, the the Polymega is is a pretty cool idea, and that it's like yeah, that there's a base unit that uh, emulates several different CD based systems, so you can just like load your games in, and then it just copies them, so you don't always have to have the CD mm. handy. Um, and then they they also sell these different add on units uh, for different systems like Turbo Graphics or Super Nintendo that yeah. accept cartridges and the old controllers. Yeah, uh, it's also a bit expensive. Well, right, but and my it's point not is, out yet. My point is there's there's it's seemingly cooler oh, alternatives. Yeah. So, but but was that was, was it being marketed as a retro console? I thought they were saying it would play new games. They said I thought they said both. I think I, it does, they it's were supposed to do both. both. Yeah. Hmm. That there would be preloaded stuff on it, and it would be this competitive Android Fire device. It felt like the ColecoVision Part Two a little bit, but the ColecoVision, well, isn't it the revival of ColecoVision the thing that yeah. Tommy Tallarico is like the CEO of now? Like their whole thing is it's not that expensive, and their their whole you know the premise is like the games are going to be less than five. No, you're thinking each. of Intellivision. Sorry, I'm, okay, sorry, I'm thinking of the abortive one that somebody oh, said like, God. "Hey, this is just running on Super Nintendo hardware." What yes, is this? Is that the one where there's like a picture of like the wrong hardware sticking out the back of yes. that plastic chassis? Yes, yes. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, but Intellivision is out there like. 
I don't know if they'll fulfill the promise, but they're promising like, yeah, this is a game you're going to be or a system you're going to be able to download games. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll they'll only be five dollars max, and they'll be family friendly. And they they at least have a thing that they're seemingly going for. Versus the C- the VCS just hasn't really told people what they're going for, other than yeah, this is Atari. I, I don't get it? Like if it if it if it's an like an authentic thing you're looking for, like what new games would you get with an authentic Atari controller? I've got to believe what, this. The homebrew community is still making twenty six hundred games somehow. But it's, I mean, obviously the the answer is Snacks and Jackson. Obviously, uh, yeah. <laughs> like that. Just, just need a purpose built emulator console for mm-hmm. Snacks and Jackson. But really, the, really need a voice chip in Snacks and Jackson. I'm Snacks like, and Jackson. Yeah. The the weird cachet around Atari. I think I I was really made aware of that in in people younger than me when I went to. Like, remember when Infogrames was Atari? Yes. Like, back in the day. So I went to an event that they had in Vegas, and I met this that guy. That was before Midway was Atari. Yes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> before Midway was defunct. Infogrames Gone. always just sounded like a typo to me. I'm yeah, like, it's yeah. Infogames. What are you doing? No, it's Infogrames. rock my world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I went to one. So I went to one of their events, and this guy came up to me who I think... He was maybe an intern on their PR team at the time. And he handed me like this DVD that said, watch me. And it was like this short documentary about him. It's like, I'm going to be working at Atari. This is amazing. I have such a responsibility now. And like, you know, friends saying like, oh, you got to make sure they get back to what what's important about Atari. You got to. Uh, you know, and, and, and it was, it struck me as kind of like pretentious and weird. And it's like, this is the kind of thing that will get you fired, dude. Weird. Wait, this guy had like a, a highlight reel DVD. Yeah, that he was just to- passing out to, to journalists at this, this event where, where he was working. And he's and- the PR guy? No, I think he was. I'm not sure. I, I think he was an intern he on the PR there. team at the He's time. Just some dude who snuck in trying to get a no, job. No, he, he was. He was legit working with them. Okay, but and you uh, watch this thing? I did. <laughs> but yeah, Strangely, you put on your computer. I, we didn't know about viruses. It was a much simpler time, man. You <laughs> have unprotected sex with loving. Oh my god! Oh my um, god! Total quick segue. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, okay, the, okay. the punchline is. Because I, I have a that man, that boy grew up to be Abraham Lincoln kind of thing. <laughs> so that guy that I met was named Adam Poots. And he uh, is, is now like he's a board game designer. He created a game called Kingdom Death that is like this weird quasi-pornographic dark fantasy game that has produced miniatures that can go for like thousands of dollars on the collector market. I was like... Good for you, I guess. Wow. Okay, so real quick. This guy's dick is green. (laughs) Speaking of dicks, real quick segue story. Someone posted on the official Laser Time Facebook community. uh, Apparently, someone had been like, like these, there were bottles that had like a USB thing in it, right? And people tried, they put it in their computer and all it contained was a picture. You saw this, Chris? Is a yes. picture of a man in a Michael Myers mask and, and costume with his giant dick <laughs> hanging out the front. Like the dude is super well endowed. <laughs> and it's just like, all right then, Mike Myers. Like oh. of all the things that USB thing could have contained and done oh, to your that, computer. The other Mike Myers. Yeah, you, you, you really lucked out there. <laughs> Enjoy your free USB stick. That is the best possible virus you could expect to get. You're sticking a random USB stick in your computer. No, don't do that. Don't do that. What is this? It's just a text file that says peace on earth. What the shit is this? I didn't kill a bunch of people for this treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Giant Mike Myers. If if you ever find a random USB stick in a beautiful glass bottle, here's what you do. (laughs) Just get any hat that matches the color of shirt that you have. 
walk behind a McDonald's counter and put it in their cash register and then check it out. <laughs> that, that's like load it up on there. See what happens to their 1997 <laughs> computers. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, quite a thing. What mm-hmm. were we talking about? Atari. Yeah, Atari. <laughs> oh, yeah. They make speaker hats too. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, did that, that, did. did that ever come out? The speaker hat thing? No idea. Remember they were, <laughs> is it like from the office? The hat FM? Dude, no, this is a real thing. Atari was putting their logo and name on that was just, it was like a flat hat that into the brim on the bottom of the brim were two speakers that was like a Bluetooth hat, which actually I kind of want for my walks. Gotta be okay. honest. Gotta be honest. Yeah, I mean, the headphones exist, but. My pre-Tyler roommate had a very tight uh, down vest meant to be worn only as a vest with nothing underneath it. Had pre-Bluetooth analog uh, iPhone I- iPod hookups with speakers over yeah, the tits. Hell it was yeah. the most ridiculous thing. I, I wish I would have kept it. God damn it. <laughs> Speaker tits McGee. <laughs> yeah. It, but it, like it hid the wire like in your body. And like I keep saying that. We still wear jeans with a fucking Zippo lighter pocket because we haven't evolved them since the goddamn fucking 1800s. And we all, now there's something we all carry that's about the same size and our pockets don't accommodate that. Or there, we has, our jeans haven't been redesigned to accommodate that device. I see you don't wear cargo pants. Uh, I definitely do, but they're fucking Jinko, so it looks like I'm wearing two dresses. (laughs) (laughs) Only the biggest flared pants. And I, I did. I did want to say because the only thing I was disappointed by is Sony talked all about their console, yeah. But they've yet to talk about that leaked design we keep seeing, mm, which which one? looks oh, like the most weird, yeah. Talk about humidifier looking thing. It, yeah, well, it looks like something like it's. I don't want to say Star Wars. I want to say space balls. It looks like yeah. something from like a, a sub Star Wars device. But if that, I'm excited. If that's what it looks like, that means it's designed to probably displace heat in a way most consoles are not. Mm. It's a the V looking thing, right? Is what you're talking about, it looks, right? Yeah. Like, so it can like, spread like, it am I just going to end up setting my controller and my fucking bean dip there and just ruining my console? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I yeah. cannot wait to see if that's the real design and if it is, why? Because the PlayStation's always been pretty sleek and symmetrical. Yeah, it can't and, be. Well, it can't square. Be. It looks like they went to like the Xylon Design School to design that. By thing. all accounts, if it's not, if that's not what the PS5 looks like, that's what the dev kits look like. Hmm. That'd be cool. Interesting. Yeah. Well, here's a game that will no doubt be playable on the upcoming PlayStation 5, but maybe not the Atari VCS. Uh, Fortnite. Hmm. Fortnite is being sued for being more addictive than cocaine. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so sued that, by whom? I, I hope it's cocaine. <laughs> being sued by cocaine. So yes. fear not, friends, though. They're only being sued in Canada, so these people will not actually go through uh, with things. It'll be a very polite lawsuit. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it's a class. They, they're trying to do a class action lawsuit, um, and yeah, they liken the game to playing cocaine. So a legal notice was filed Friday in Quebec uh, Superior Court, accusing U.S.-based Epic Games of designing the game specifically with the purpose of getting users addicted and hooking them. Uh, Canada's Global News reported this. Um, players have had to seek treatment for addiction. The addiction to the Fortnite game uh, has real consequences for the lives of players. Several don't eat or shower and no longer socialize. Let's yeah, it's Fortnite's uh, fault that yeah, that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's be honest. How much socializing yeah, like, is that, happening? That opening description, like these games are designed to be addictive. Like, oh, Canada just discovered games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
Snacks in Jackson was designed to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1984. Yeah. Yes. So, so the lawyer who brought we, is, but but people like people like us in the editorials call it compelling mm-hmm. and visceral. <laughs> yeah. So so but here here's the accusation and maybe where maybe he thinks he has some legal ground to stand on. So this is Jean Philippe Caron is the lawyer who brought the lawsuit. Um, he's telling them that the the game's creators enlisted the help of psychologists to make the game addictive. So yeah, it's not just that like okay, it's the game is a regular video game, which yeah, you know, a lot of games are super mm-hmm. fun to play and you keep playing it. He's he's actually saying that they asked psychologists to help them design the game specifically in a way to make it more addictive. Okay. And that's what the lawsuit Okay, first be. first of all, Sacra Blue. Uh <laughs> second second Sacre of all. Bleu. Second of all, I'm pretty sure what this guy got his hands on is a little something called UX or user experience mm-hmm. or the human computer interaction uh what do you call it ergonomics of play. Of course there are there are psychological aspects to like the yeah. way even the menus of games are designed. Well that's that's the thing. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they'd consulted with psychologists. It's probably not deliberately to make the game addictive because it's, I don't yes. think psychologists even hold the key to that. I think you think of I think when when he says something like that you think of a bunch of corrupt Sigmund Freuds with right. giant pipes uh-huh. coming in yeah. and, and abuse the masses <laughs> rather than people like my ex girlfriend who went to school to learn how people better interact with computers so as to make better mm-hmm. interfaces yeah. and and technology that made sense yeah I I get I'm already getting the vibe that like remember when like oh the military uses doom to desensitize its troops it's yeah. like. No, it, like you're not going to get desensitized to actual killing by playing fucking Doom. So, uh, call yeah. me naive. It, it's to teach tactics. Call me naive, but I mean, I've been in this industry a very long time. Um, I have never once heard of any developer enlisting the help of a psychologist to make anything more addictive. So that's just in my experience yeah. that that would I be a he's talking about. Me. He's talking about UX people with psycholog like backgrounds in psychological education, probably. Lawyers are all it's about the meant, technicalities, it's, but it's it's but it's not meant to exploit addiction. And I and I'm not just saying this because I will be in Fortnite Nightland watching Dave get married, and like by the time <laughs> you hear this, yeah, I do I do want to say, uh, and this is again, you can cut this out. This is a dumb anecdote. Um, it, I was just in Iceland um, traveling with my father in a group of people. Like, hey, listeners, am I old to you? I was the youngest person in the travel group. Hell yeah. Nice. And I was with a bunch of uh mothers of teenagers and they were in uh they were talking about video games and like what are they playing? Like uh Fortnite and like No, 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 he's he's over Fortnite and they all concluded their their kids were over Fortnite and like, well what is he playing? Like, I don't know, something like Fortnite and like Apex Legends. Apex Legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh and they're like, No, 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 it's not that, it's not that, it's something else. But it's a lot like Fortnite. I'm like it's probably Apex Legend. Uh, and then I just got a text like an hour ago. I am correct. It was that's exactly what wait, wait. all of their like, you're corresponding with the older ladies from your trip that you yeah. got a text from one of them. Yeah, yeah. how many of We're them did Instagram you sleep friends. with? You're like I'm the youngest guy here. Thank you, Doris. Thank I you made for the so many erectile dysfunction jokes <laughs> to like a minor slap on the shoulder this weekend. <laughs> oh, you that geyser is like my husband. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wait. Yeah, that would be that wouldn't be erectile fun. dysfunction. That'd be a erectile super function. Eh? Yeah, well, because well, not if it's supposed to go off every ten minutes. Then it's just like whoa. <laughs> 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 
Uh, bon- <laughs> Patreon.com slash laser time is where you can <laughs> hear that bonus time. Hell yeah. I go to the Dick Museum. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That comes out, uh, well, if you listen earlier this week, you get to hear all about Diana volunteering at SFO as an emergency mm-hmm. victim in a, in a in a terror attack. You could technically call her a crisis actor, I guess. Yeah. And then so the length yeah. she goes to 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 service her state is mm-hmm. ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it's oh, great. It's great. Um, did you guys know that uh, the Tetraminos in Tetris have official names? Do they? Yeah, I did. Well, they actually. Don't, but someone on the Jeopardy research staff sure fell for it. There was basically a joke tweet that went out a little while ago where some dude posted <laughs> fake pictures of the old Tetris instruction book and the names that they gave. Uh, so here's the Jeopardy, uh, well, the answer, not question. The seven rotatable answer. blocks used in this video game have names like Orange Ricky, Hero, and Smash Boy. And the contestant answered our question Ricky. correctly and, and said Tetris. But no, that was just the the Jeopardy people falling for it. In the tweet, so here's all the names. I want you guys to try to guess which Tetramino I'm referring to, though, okay. when I give these names. All right? So here we go. What is the orange Ricky? Orange and blue Ricky are the four uh, the four blocks, the cut-in-half T. They're all four blocks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to guess it's the cut-in-a-half T facing right. The Yes. Okay. What about the Cleveland Z versus the Rhode Island Z? Uh, that's the blue and green Z. I, mm. I gonna guess Cleveland is red and Rhode Island is green. Alright, so here's, here's one. What's the Tiwi? That's the T block. That's the yeah. T block. The Smash Boy? Uh, the, the, the square. Bl- the square. That is the square. And then of course, this is the most apt name. Yeah. The hero block. Straight. Is the straight four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but these aren't this real. Is great. I, I, I <laughs> Jeopardy thought that, it was that, real. That's a great, that's a great fucking, that's a great hoax. That, <laughs> yeah, that all makes sense. <laughs> so good it's so yeah. good i feel like if something's called a cleveland z it should be taking a shit on something <laughs> right i, I this... gave my boyfriend a cleveland z an hour ago <laughs> why did johnny carson give his boyfriend a cleveland z because then i shit on his chest <laughs> yes yeah. yes <laughs> poop everywhere <laughs> <laughs> oh, finally a good joke in this episode. Oh, hey, hey, I'm trying over here. Um, I hate to bring it down and kind of end on a dour note, but um, <laughs> it sucks. But hey, this game had the, their games had lots of jokes. So Alpha Dream, the uh, the teams that brought us all the Mario and Luigi games. Oh yeah, they had the close up shop. Man, it sucks. It those games are great. Suck. Yeah, I want to go buy the remaster. Those are now. some of my, I think for real, some of my favorite games of all time. And yeah, I don't. I, it, it's it shows you how little I think we all know about the business of game development because once they started developing um, the Mario and Luigi series, it, it wasn't all they did. By any means, but it, like the idea of like working on a Nintendo game for half a decade could sustain a company of, I th- was it like a, a hundred, a couple hundred people? I can't yeah. remember. Well, yeah, they were they were around for twenty, almost twenty years. They got nineteen years. Uh, it's also just rare because it's a Japanese developer, and very rarely. I don't know if it's just like a cultural thing where they don't announce the closures like our developers do, but you don't hear about Japanese devs closing as often hmm. as North American. Um, they like they like to quietly go away so they can still go to their favorite bar and wear their tie on their yeah. head. <laughs> so they, they, did, they did Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, Partners in Time, Bowser's Inside Story, Dream Team, 
The last kind of original game they'd done, though, was Paper Jam back in, like, 2015. Mm. And then they'd done a couple remasters. They did Superstar Saga, then the Plus Bowser's Minions, and the the Bowser's Inside Story remake plus Bowser Jr. The problem is those games all came to 3DS. Mm. And the rumor was uh, the last one, Bowser's Inside Story, the, the 3DS remake... It didn't, it only sold like in the tens of thousands of units, which is really, mm. really rough, especially yeah. for a Mario and Luigi game. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know this world mm. and I won't pretend to, but, uh, this is not a residual reward based business. Those people were paid largely up front. There, there are other factors involved here. It wasn't the failure of these games has nothing to, I can't imagine it's anything to do with these, these businesses closing. If those games were a success, I don't I don't know that they would have received another dime from Nintendo. I think maybe the failure though of the studio is the fact that they had eventually kind of they were attached at to the teat of Nintendo for those games and the, and so everything yeah, they the do Nintendo they, teat, it requires sort of like Nintendo's permission at that point, right? So who knows, maybe they were trying to pitch additional games and Nintendo said no. It was weird that they hadn't made the transition to Switch by now. Like, you think they would have tried to be doing a Mario and Luigi yeah, Switch game? I would imagine the, uh, the Inside Story remake came out fairly recently, right? Yeah, it was so, this year. Yeah. A 3DS so, game this year. So 3DS game when everyone's focused on Switch is a little yeah. bit of a hard sell. And and to be fair to Nintendo, they did promote that game. It was in a lot of Nintendo Directs, you know, but it's just like most people have moved on from 3DS. So there's... There's an untold story there that hopefully one, one we'll of the get. best 3DS mm. games ever, and, and done in such a way where it would look fine on the Switch on your television. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. Actually, I I don't know. I can't confirm that. It might look like garbage, but that's what they should have been doing. They're also sort of 2D style, where like you could, yeah, you would hope that they'd be able to up-res those things and put them on a regular TV. But it's there's there's some untold story here of like why they weren't given another game to work on. Or it might know. even be an inside story, right? Oh god damn it. <laughs> I, I think I I think I think Paper Jam was the culmination of all this. But I swear, like in terms of old school turn based RPGs, this is the evolution I like the most. The stuff that Alpha Dream figured out. Mm-hmm. And I think they did it with what t- Tomato Land or whatever fucking their first game was. It's very weird. It's tomato something. Wait, are you thinking of uh, the, it, the it, Tomato Princess in the Salad Kingdom? I am not. Oh. I am not. You should. It, it was only released in Japan. I think it is getting a Switch port or something like that. Maybe I'm crossing my wires, so I'll shut up. Hmm. But I, th- I think they were synonymous with handheld because they always did something with a, kind of an old school visual feel. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if that genre survives on the Switch. Like, I see a, I, I, the Laser Time community was even talking about uh, Atreian Odyssey, right? Like a very old school game that is like is subsisted on 3DS for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Where does that go? iPhone or Switch? What would you do? Switch probably because the core audience yeah. there is on the Switch over the iPhone. Yeah, but I, I swear when I think about like yeah, I'd play Mario Luigi on a on a big screen, but like all my memories are like. Partially like wrapped in where I played it and playing it on a portable thing. Like, yeah. th- this is the best fucking thing a portable machine can do. It doesn't have 3D powerhouse graphics, but it's gorgeous. Yeah. So yeah, like how how would I how would I load up like Breath of the Wild and then like consider playing Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga? <laughs> <laughs> like, can it compete in that same landscape? I think it can. I think I think the beauty of the Switch is that there's all kinds of games that can that can be successful on that platform. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's like saying like, oh, do I really want to play? Um, shit, what was the chair developed game? Um, the the Metroidvania. 
that everyone loved? Shadow Complex. Shadow Do Complex. I really want to play Shadow mm-hmm. Complex on the same system that can give me Mass Effect? Like, yes. It yeah. Turns out, yes. Yeah, we certainly did. Yeah, there's, there's room no. for all kinds of stuff. I, I, I'm saying, I'm saying no. No, 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 no. Like, no, there are too many games out right now. Hmm. No, but I think the Switch has like this. The Switch has one of the most diverse libraries out there in terms of it there's, does. there's yeah, retro does. style a games, lot of it is mobile games. That's it, it yes. does. But when you think about what the portable market looked like, the portable market was always reflective of two generations prior. Yeah. To whatever right. existed yeah. right now, yeah. and can that exist on the Switch? Which for better for worse is the current gen and 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 how can how can they compete how, how can those games compete on a regular system they i don't know sorry i, I can't tell if i'm making any sense here I, I just feel like the old old school games have thrived in the portable market uh and i think that that also kept them alive in the zeitgeist in a way i don't think will happen with the switch i think they will be overshadowed by everything else mm. unless they're super cheap and Nintendo doesn't make super cheap. Well, games. they're rolling them into collections now, you know, with which is like yeah, the Castlevania collection, the Contra collection, or Nintendo with like the SNES, the stuff for Nintendo Online. They're giving you those games basically. But uh, it just it just seems bizarre if I if I were to ask you, do you want to play Mario and Luigi or The Witcher Three Complete Edition? Because they'll be on the same system. And uh, yet, and yet, as a gamer, I I played both and love both for different reasons. And so yeah. I'm, I'm fully capable of making that switch. I, I know what you're saying though. No, no, I think I, I'm positive you are, and I'm positive I am too. But it just makes the marketplace more crowded, and it just puts a bigger shadow, I think, on these old school experiences that yeah. Alpha Dream brought us. The big bummer though is like. I don't see a Mario RPG on the horizon for a long time, and that bums me out because those are some of my favorite games. Like Great. the the even Paper Mario stuff, which it's weird that Alpha Dream eventually kind of did that Paper Jam game, which it was not a great Paper Mario game. I have to be honest. Like the whole sticker system, it just right they they simplified because it too Paper much. Paper Mario games aren't great. <laughs> no, that's not true. I love the Paper Mario games. Not the last. Not, no, no, the, I love the, the sticker first two. Star Saga one was little. Those are yeah, yeah. They 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 tried to oversimplify them. I think, and it's like that's not what I was there for. I was there for the clever. No, I, jokes I think they tried and, too hard to separate them from uh, Mario and Luigi games yeah. from Alpha Dream stuff. Yeah, because they were both like kind of the spiritual successor to Square's Mario Super Mario RPG. Yeah, and and, and 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 having to differentiate it, I think Paper Mario lost me, and uh, I, I was still a Mario and Luigi guy. And ah, yeah, but you're right. I guess you're right. It's like when I think of those games, they are kind of they're interchanged in my memory a lot, which is so weird that Alpha Dream eventually ended up getting Paper Mario because it was ended up so similar to the Mario and Luigi stuff. But it's like, what's the next Mario RPG? When's that coming? It's been a while since we had one, and now that they're gone, I don't see one on the horizon anytime soon. I know as many people who have played Paper Mario Color Splash as people who have been to Rhode Island. No one. <laughs> Neither. There's a chance that both these things don't exist. Color Splash. That's right. That's the one I didn't play. Oh, yeah. It's the yeah. one no one played. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be good, though. Yeah, it's like the last first-party Wii U game or something. Mm, yeah. Damn. Maybe. Hey, maybe that's the last one they'll bring over to Switch. Who knows? Oh, maybe. Or if they would, they probably would have given it to Alpha Dream. They're not doing that. All right. Anyway, that is all the news that is fit to play. All right. Let's move on to the community segment, which, as always, is segmenting our community. We know. All I want to talk about is the Ghostbusters remaster. God damn it. Oh, shit. Interestingly enough, my friend John Melcher, who was the executive producer on that game, he just wrote a PlayStation. He he just wrote the PlayStation blog all about that game. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I should should get John on the show. I I love (laughs) that, like, they, they couldn't find the multiplayer assets. Uh, in order to HD them and like, why don't we just not have multiplayer? And it's like, 
oh, no one's complaining. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even remember there being multiplayer, honestly. It was co-op and uh, uh but but not like within the single player story. Hmm. Uh which is which is great. Like it really is a good Ghostbusters 3. What would have been cool is if they rolled the Switch version in as kind of like a bonus, like an alternate skin, where if you got those visuals instead of just the original classic you mean, game. You mean the Wii Not version? Switch, I'm sorry, the Wii version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That version sort of lost the time at this point. It, it is, and it's it's a kind of a different game. Also, there are there are big differences between the two versions yeah. beyond just the the look the of look, them. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. That, that's back when we used to have different games on different yeah, platforms. Yeah, you can also play as a female rookie, I think, in the in the Wii version. Ooh. Ooh. Canceled. <laughs> Never mind, Ben. I won't even review that game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm glad that that's out, and uh, I haven't tried it yet. But um, I don't know. Are there, are there any big differences between it and the original, other than the multiplayer? Well, yeah, there's no multiplayer, but like, uh, they did, as far as what I was reading, that they, they, um, and it was like crazy complicated, cause like half the pe like almost everybody involved in the game is out of business mm-hmm. and, and gone. Uh, but like it was about, it was about finding, about finding the assets on which the old textures were based and redoing the textures and the lighting. Like nothing else is really changed in it but mm. i played it on pc like a couple of years ago and it still it looks really good yeah it looks exceptionally good yeah uh for for what it is and 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 i don't even think I, we needed a remaster we just needed a one with a bet like a good frame rate and with 4k capabilities and that's pretty much what we got and yeah. I, I don't know like I, as some as ghostbusters is something i revere so much i know they're making a real ghostbusters 3 no, Jesus, I have to rephrase that, don't I? <laughs> Fuck you, Ghostbusters. They're making an actual Ghostbusters 3. And uh, I, this will always be Ghostbusters 3 to me. It's it's everyone other than Rick Moranis that I care to see doing exactly what I like. And, and Sigourney Weaver. Uh, being as cool as fuck. I love nice. that game. Love it. And I remember shitting on the gameplay back in the day. And, and like, I don't know, I, I enjoy it the more I play it now because it's it's so much fun to revisit as part of the Ghostbusters canon. And if you didn't hear me recording a podcast last year, it was Halloween night. I went out trick-or-treating with my friend's kids. I went to a Halloween party. And then I came back by myself at, like, fucking, like, after midnight, put on Ghostbusters and enjoyed myself so much alone. I put on Ghostbusters 2 immediately afterwards and then was like... This isn't the same. No, no. <laughs> I'd rather be playing the Ghostbusters game than watching Ghostbusters Two, and that's that's the decision I came to. Ghostbusters Two kind of kind of felt like it was more of a sequel to the real Ghostbusters cartoon series, and I, I feel like I loved it as a kid, but as an adult, I would probably not react as well. I I I, I the opposite of hate it, hmm. but. Uh, I don't feel the need to revisit it as much. I think I would rather revisit the game than Ghostbusters 2. I, again, I'm not shitting on Ghostbusters 2. I've seen it a thousand times. Uh, but it, 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 when you watch them back to back, it does not fill me with the same joy as Ghostbusters 1. No. And the game does. The game works. Yeah, absolutely. And, and somebody, somebody involved in this really did have to go back. Like They did not have Bill Murray's permission in perpetuity they had to find bill murray again that's right <laughs> and get him to agree to this i still don't know how they did it get him to agree hey bill murray you don't have to do any work you just have to sign here and get more money mm. yeah i guess i'll do that Dude, you have to like call a payphone to get a hold of that dude it's crazy <laughs> oh yeah uh, it's nuts but anyway let's move on to the community segment which is always 
segment in our community. We got uh, last we week's got question of the week, as you might remember, was what's, uh, tell us your favorite scary arcade tale of ghoulish horror. Yes. Uh, scariest arcade story. Um, I was afraid we, we were going to get some like really bad, um, <laughs> like, People pulling from very dark places, no, but uh, surprisingly oh, fine. you thought you thought you were going to hear some fingering stories. I was worried. Yes, because there's an opportunity <laughs> for some bad shit to happen in arcades, man. Michael, you act like I don't screen the comments first. Like I just grab everything that's there and plop I it mean, in. For the, as far as the listeners are concerned, that's a great that's right. It's all I gave my first blowjob up against a time traveler, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the first to respond it tasted terrible. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> On RidgeGameApocalypse.com was Matt Brunel, who says, All right, picture this. Right. A young Matt on his fifth birthday. Me? I'm picturing you, Matt. Yes, yes. thank you. Uh, innocent mm-hmm. and hopeful for Same the future. Haircut. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. mother decided to throw a surprise birthday party for me at Chuck E. Cheese. This being, should I should I set kind of a more of a melancholic tone, like oh, don't know where this is going. So Chuck do e. it. This do being it. my first time ever going, seeing the huge. Well, I didn't know. Wow, I didn't know you were going to go there. I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear Alan Wake's narration. My first surprise birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> and then I found eleven thermoses. <laughs> Energizer batteries. Uh, <laughs> I pulled up my Verizon phone and listened to David Bowie copyright Sony Music. As Kasabian crescendoed into its chorus, <laughs> <laughs> the meteor hit the satellite. <laughs> uh, all right, sorry. <clears throat> yes, Matt yes. Brunel. This being my first time ever going, seeing the huge arcade, I was blown away and so happy. That was until it was time to go to the showroom and have the band i.e. the giant devil robots, <laughs> sing their happy birthday song to me in front of all my friends. Always well. Uh, by the way, does anybody know that song? Which one? It is not the happy birthday song. It's Chucky saying, I say happy, you say birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, see, I could have sworn they did <laughs> a bad cover of the Beatles' birthday song. I thought they did like... Yeah, they couldn't get the rights to the birthday song, so they went for the Beatles as their runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the birthday song you wouldn't pay out of spite because those guys own the fucking copyright. Come on. Come on. Uh, no. All right, Giant Devil Robots. All was well, that is, until Chucky had a catastrophic meltdown on stage, glitching out like Robin Williams and Bicentennial Man after he jumped out the window. Bad enough, his head started to smoke up and the Chucky Whoa. face began to warp and melt <laughs> off his endoskeleton. The staff didn't think to remove the children and close the curtain till the damage was already done. Wow. I spent the rest of my birthday hiding under a table, refusing to come out and face the Skynet abortion. To this day, I still have a fear of animatronics so bad, playing Five Nights at Freddy's, any of them, sends me straight into a panic attack. Good times! Damnable metal vermin! You damnable vermin! Chuck E. Cheese, a learning computer. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, Michael, by the way, I have talked for years about Elvis Lion, and you were the first person to give me a name. Yeah, it was the king. I remember. Endless, endless research on the king, and I have to recommend this. There is some wonderfully scarred, uh, possibly war vet, 
who has purchased up all the kings he could find. I believe there are four of them in his bedroom, and oh he has a God. YouTube channel. It, it, all these videos have hundreds of views, but he composes new music with these king robots, which are like seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. It, it, they look crazy. In his bedroom? <laughs> Why is his bedroom? bedroom? In, in his bedroom, but he, but he outfitted his bedroom to look like a studio. Uh, it's a Tampa man. You can find the article in Tampa Times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shocking. Yeah. It, it, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen, and I've never so much wanted to be like that person. Yes, Laser Time Facebook community. If you really want to give me those those li- those seven foot Alvin the Chipmunk statues, I would love them. I would. Yeah. I, I would. I would. I would blow a quarter of the community to get those in my house. So, so what you're saying is there, but 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 for the grace of God goes Chris, right? Is uh... right. Like fuck yeah, like that shit's awesome. <laughs> I would. I would love to. Like I, I knew one guy who had part of the animatronics in his trailer. From the Chuck E. Cheese robots, and I've always, I always thought that was so cool, oh, and man. I love that documentary about the Rockefeller explosion. Yeah, I think I remember it was called The King because that is how I learned who Elvis was. Because I was like, why is he, why, why is he called The King? It's like, well, because he's a lion, but also he's made to look like Elvis Presley. Who's Elvis Presley? Well, he was the king of rock and roll. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm caught in a trap. The poacher's got my arm. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from Jimmy John's is out to get me. Yeah. I'm hunted by Trumps. <laughs> they paid so much money. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rikus says, I-, I own an arcade. Well, good, for- good for you, Rikus. Good, good for wow. you. And was upstairs in the supply room during closed hours. I heard the distinct voice of a man from downstairs, so I hustled down thinking I accidentally left the door unlocked and a curious customer wandered in. There's no one there. Door's locked. Maybe I just imagined it. I go back upstairs. A while later, I hear the same voice again, but saying something else. Again, back downstairs to find an empty arcade. All the games are off, which is a rarity. So there's nothing in attract mode that I'm hearing. Now... I'm in a heightened state. Is there someone hiding, waiting for me to leave so they can rob the place? After searching every spot a person could hide, I again went back upstairs. This time, I pulled up the security camera feed on my phone. I was going to watch him. A few minutes later, it happens again. I'm listening for it. Look at the camera, but there's no one on the feed. Plus, I start to realize this voice is very familiar. He sounds a lot like... Homer Simpson! Oh! It was then I remembered we installed a Simpsons talking clock a week or two before. I'd never heard it over the noise of the games being on. Don't! Nice. nice. (laughs) That's great. Chris Baker. uh, I don't remember anything. uh, Fucking Seabake. Seabake76. Check out his YouTube channel. I don't remember uh, anything particularly scary uh, happening at my local arcade as a kid, but as... Uh, has been mentioned on a VG before. The arcade was called Shy Clown. <laughs> and looking, all I can think of is a clown looking over his shoulder with his finger over his mouth. <laughs> My nose isn't the only thing that's red. Why don't you put one cent in me 25 times and see what happens? <laughs> Yeah, I, I gotta it's confess. Shy clown, not pervert clown. <laughs> I gotta confess, hand to God, I thought of the Shy Clown arcade at least four times during our top five because it is one of the creepiest names for any arcade. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is. <laughs> I, I'm picturing, I'm picturing, a, I'm picturing a clown 
bending over and dropping his handkerchief with a bunch of preschoolers following behind him. The best part about it is Chris can't actually prove it existed. He can't find any proof of its existence, so he's not quite sure if this is something that is just his psyche yeah, making like, this shit up. Maybe it's a Mandela effect thing. <laughs> from the alternate universe he crossed over from. Uh, well, I mean, Bob, that happens sometimes with with local chains. I, I know my dad still like refers to things as their the mascots, but like if it's not a chain, you can't look it up. Right. So it's yeah. like, what happened to the old Badger place? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? What Badger place? They did it breaks and sometimes computers. Like, what are you talking about? What Badger place? And my dad did that so too. Me, I don't know. He would call pet boys. Minnie Mo and Jack. I'm going to Minnie Mo and Jack. I'm like, they're just yeah. the mascots. Who the fuck says that's so many more syllables <laughs> than pet boys? That's like, I'm not eating Rice Krispies. I'm eating Snack Crackle Pop. Like, what? Yeah, instead of home improvement, I'm watching Tool Time. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. That's acceptable. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm sure it's called that in other territories. Huh? Uh, well, Bob Morgan says, I grew up on the outskirts of Chicago, and the arcade of my youth was always pretty spooky. Friar Tux, located in Calumet County, Illinois, home of the Blues Brothers, was super dark and had lifeless night suits of armor lining the walls. Also, two kids had died there! In the early 80s, a kid had a heart attack playing Berserk, and in 88, another kid was wow. stabbed right outside the joint. Pretty sure the place was cursed, but that didn't stop my friends and I from making our weekly pilgrimages to play Street Fighter 2 or TMNT. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so to prove his point, though, this isn't just like an urban myth. He actually included a picture of a news clip- newspaper clipping about one of those incidents. So it's like, because the heart attack playing a thing, you're like, are you sure that wasn't just like the urban myth of playing? I think uh, I've heard yeah, that it was, story. It wasn't like one of those kids in a helmet with his heart on the outside of his chest. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> like, or what's the what's the arcade? The haunted arcade machine that apparently Polybius. Uh, Polybius. Yeah. Polybius. But no. But the one about the stabbing. Yeah, that could happen. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. You get you get enough like surly teenagers in a place uh, in a competitive environment too, playing against each other. Yeah, there's bound to be a fight. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm glad all guns are legal. Uh, finally on twitter jd buffington says one of my scariest experiences in an arcade was at a casa bonita one time when i was very young my parents thought i'd enjoy a go at the fortune teller like biggs zoltar the animatronic had me straight freaked out and i remember bawling i was terrified by the uncanny valley I'm guessing he means like bawling like crying and not bawling like fucking, which is how he spelled it. Oh, really? Or like <laughs> Bali, like Bali Midway. Uh-huh. Not bawling like like ballers starring The Rock. Right. You yes. know, he's just rolling in the mm-hmm. dough. Is yeah, that still that. around? It's got to be around, right? <laughs> now, isn't somebody pointed out, it's like, there's a show on HBO that features, like a sitcom that features one of the biggest stars in the world and no one watches it. Yeah. No one watches it. And I, I didn't know it, was, it had a new season until Elizabeth Warren tweeted about it. <laughs> what? Like, That's who watches yes, it. She's there a, you go. I'm not kidding. She's a fan. No one wow. talks about the fact that it's just poor man's Arliss. Yeah, I said it. I like the episode where The Rock somehow got Shaq to sign on to the orgy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you don't like my Elizabeth Warren impression? I've been working on it all week for that anecdote. <laughs> we have a few video responses, starting with Gallatin Carhartt. Hey! Hello there, VTA. This is Gallatin Carhartt here. It's fall break from school. I'm doing a little tree cutting here. 
I'm going to try to get this beast up in about two hours. <clears throat> so anyways, it's been a bit, fellas. It's been a bit. Let's go hey, to uh, question back. of the week. Question of the week. Arcade spooky experience. And I got to tell you, I was in a, uh, I was a little pup. I think I was like 13 years old, so I was a young buck. And I was in this weird arcade slash hotel. Motel was right next door to this arcade. And I mean like right next door. There was barely enough room for you to walk with your shoulders out in between these two buildings. This is years ago. And I'm in the arcade. It's an old, old arcade, piece of crap arcade. But whatever, I had some quarters to blow, so let's do it. And uh, this guy is playing beside me. He's playing Pac-Man. And he is wearing that machine out. Just slamming it and jerking him. Come on! Just, you know, stuff like, come on! And, and I'm, I'm almost enough, enough of a young buck to say, chill out, dude. But I, I didn't because I'm not that much of a young buck just yet. And I guess it's the owner, some old man behind a counter says, chill out, brah. Chill out. He said bra. That's the first time. I don't know why he said bra in the 80s. Or no, that's the 90s. Excuse the 90s. But still, he said it. And this dude beside me just goes, shut your mouth, old man. Well, the old man <laughs> grabs a broom. A broom. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm like, tell you, I'm going to sacrifice my quarter that I just put into the X-Men game at this point. I'm going to figure out what's going on here. And, uh. The, uh, the, the, the young guy, like, does this kind of jerk at the old man. The old man takes his broom and points it straight at him. The, the, the guy beside me jumps through a back window, like glass and everything. And we're all like, <laughs> never saw the dude, took off running. Cops show up, we're done. Anyways, that's my story. Y'all take it easy, fellas. Bye. <laughs> wow. That what? dude must have been so strung out and high. Like, who who jumps Real. through a window because you had a broom pointed at <laughs> Oh, my God. The PTA is disbanded. <laughs> it's okay. Oh. I fucking hate Pac-Man anyway. I regret nothing. <laughs> All right. We have another one from Full Soul who says... Hello from England again, VGA. It's Brexit here. I mean, uh, Tom here from YouTube channel Full Install. Uh, your latest question regarding most scary arcade experience. Uh, a bit of a difficult one for someone residing in England. Well, for me at least. We didn't really, I don't, I never really saw a big arcade, you know, building. You had them when you went on holiday to like the coast and things, but usually you'd see like a few scattered around at the cinemas. There was a really good one, which was like the Aliens, um, light gun game. We had the pulse rifle. That was fucking awesome. Um, but we did have one in the town where I grew up and oddly enough, it wasn't located where you think it was located in our local fish and chip shop. Now, I don't know if you've been to England, but the fish and chip shop is, of course, a staple of any high street. You've got to have one, otherwise they sure. demolish your town. That's just, that's just how it works. Um, <laughs> but the fish and chip shop <laughs> I grew up with, it was not very big. So you've got like one counter. Imagine like a butcher's counter. You go in through the door. It's a till, directly to your left. And there's usually a queue that goes right to the back and then doubles back around and comes down again. So you've got like a loop. Right in the loop, at the very end, you, we had a Double Dragon arcade machine, which, the first terrifying thing is that it had like a thin layer of just sweat and chip fat and all sorts of horribleness that would encrust it. And the second thing was that people would usually pull out the pubs completely pissed up and queue for chips. So if you, if you wanted to go in and play Double Dragon, you had to queue for half the queue to get to the back before it bent round, and then you could put your 20p in and play. 
whilst a bunch of angry-looking drunk men would be sick outside uh, trying to start fights and try and get chips. And I remember one specific evening. It was it wasn't very late. It was about five thirty, but it get in the winter it gets dark here really quick. It's like fucking Norway or something. Um, and I dropped my twenty p, and it rolled into the queue. And what can only be described as a uh, murderous-looking skinhead picked it up, looked at me with a look to say, "You're not fucking getting that back, lad." Uh, and yeah, I I agreed with him. <laughs> I think I would have been about four. <laughs> he can keep it. Uh, I didn't want to start a ruckus. I didn't want to show him up with my awesome uh, four-year-old martial arts skills. So I think I just left. Probably didn't even get myself a cone of chips, but uh, that was pretty terrifying. Um, Don't come! Don't come! Completely unrelated, but I've only just thought of it. Why the fuck is no one talking <laughs> about Freedom Finger? It's amazing. Talk about Freedom Finger. Thus I've come. I've come. I've come. <laughs> Come. <laughs> come. I've come. Come, come, come. <laughs> uh, I just want to say when he said, when you played Don't Come, it was a picture of Boris Johnson. And then the, the I've come was from, I think, Final Fantasy twelve. Uh, I don't know what Freedom Finger is. What's Freedom Finger? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what, he was talking about dropping quids or pence yeah. and machines. I was lost yeah, half of dro- that Dropped this 20p and the skin ends are like, oh, I'm going to steal this 20p <laughs> off a four-year-old so I can feel like a big man. And apparently they're fed over Doritos a lot over there. Something about chips. Yeah. I don't know, uh-huh. man. Yeah, just uh, potato chips. Yeah, that's all it is. I just stole money from a kid, but it's the Jews who are a problem. <laughs> uh yeah that's that's i i vaguely remember seeing skinheads in the early 80s and it was really scary Mm. yeah i just haven't i haven't seen them now and and now it's it's harder to recognize nazis because they're on the news Mm -hmm. they Uh, they wear polo shirts Okay. Yeah, they wear suits mm-hmm. and call themselves Sebastian Gorka. Uh, and, and <laughs> Gorka! <laughs> the dragon of Budapest! I'm kidding. There are so many worse Nazis. <laughs> he's, an, he's an app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I do think, I, if I didn't say that, when I talk about the Chuck E. Cheese, which is sort of my first arcade, that is the scariest thing I can think of. Because it was really dark and big. And like when when your when your eyes can ver- barely reach the level of the joystick, like I had I, like I, I like before I the internet existed, I had to confirm with people like this existed, right? Because arcades were kind of dead a few years later, but this is a two story, very dark arcade you get lost in, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen anything like that since like California Extreme, which is in bright lights. Uh, yeah, I kind of miss yeah. the dark arcades that were sort of like. Yeah. Trying to fumble your way through like Pirates of the Caribbean or something, yeah. Like just had had a weird adventurous feel. Forget like, forget barcades. Bring back darkades. Yeah, that's what we really need. Yeah. No, that was that was my local. I talked about the gold mine arcade in my local mall, and it, that was part of the allure. Is it was just literally this cavernous opening. You know, the facade was like an old mine, mm-hmm. and it was just pitch black in there. Other than all, you could see was the glow of these machines, just the beckoning call. That's all you need, man. With your freedom finger. So what freedom finger is? I yeah I had to look this up. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a side-scrolling 
shoot em up music you, driven music driven where you play a middle finger a giant middle <laughs> finger and my favorite part is look, find it on switch and there's just a black censored bar just over the middle finger of course but there just is. as big as a middle finger so mm-hmm. it just you know exactly what it's doing so uh-huh. uh all right we might have to check that one out full install and report back to you yeah but it looks cool yes it does uh we have one more from mike amari who says, Hey, VJ crew, Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was, what was your scariest arcade memory? Now, for me, growing up, the arcade that I went to the most uh, in Brooklyn, New York, was the Primetime Billiards. Uh, it wasn't really an arcade. It was more of a pool hole that had also air hockey, ping pong tables, and, of course, had a whole selection of video games that you can play. This is where I first played Street Fighter II way back in the day. And it was a place where me and my friends were going for Quent whenever new fighting games would come out. Particularly Mortal Kombat and the Capcom JAMA board games, you know, like Marvel vs. Capcom and stuff like that, would all come to this place kind of first. And so we would hang out there quite a bit. Scariest thing that ever happened to me was at that pool hall, uh, sitting there hanging out with my friends. We would play pool too sometimes, but we're sitting there. We're playing probably, I think it was Marvel vs. Uh, Street Fighter for the, for the first one, or maybe it was just Marvel superheroes. The first of the fighting games they really made after the uh, X-Men and Children of the Atom game. And I remember hearing quite a ruckus at the front desk. And two guys were having an argument. And then one guy took out a very large knife and very quickly slashed the other guy about 15 times or so. I lost count. Probably wasn't 15 times. But slashed the guy quite a bit. Blood was everywhere. It was the first time I had watched a knifing happen. Uh, thankfully he didn't stab the guy. Uh, didn't look like he was trying to kill him. Looked like he was trying to send First a message. First time? Uh, yeah. but yeah, th- there was blood all over the place. Uh, it was all over the counter, all over the walls, and the worst part was primetime billiards had like a white and like beige motif going on. So, yeah, there <laughs> oh, were stains boy. on that place for a while, uh, going after. And yeah, I was probably about 14 or 15 when that happened, so that left quite a mark on me, uh, and made me yeah. kind of think twice sometimes before going there. Uh, didn't stop me whenever they get new games though. So, you yeah, know, seeing my first stabbing happening <laughs> at a pool hole is probably my scariest arcade memory. Uh, thanks again, wow. guys, for listening to yeah. me this week, and I look forward to speaking with you guys again next week. Woo! Woo. Two, two stabbing stories. Uh, <laughs> so, what is it about... One was a brooming. That, what, <laughs> <laughs> what is it about um, arcades where they were, they were the place for troublemakers like... He talks about like, yeah, they were constantly and still are kind of to this day in the same places like billiard tables, air hockey, all these traditional amusements that basically if they existed back in the day, arcade machines would have been on Pleasure Island in Pinocchio. Like it, it's where yeah. like the trouble, troublemaking boys go with their amusements that are corrupting them and making them evil. That's how people perceive arcades. <clears throat> And they were often in, like, yeah, kind of like the seedier places to go in, yeah. like billiard halls. Well, I mean, and I, I, pre- I presented myself as nothing else if not your Lampwick. Uh, your, Lampwick. I want to be your arcade Lampwick. <laughs> what is yes, that? He's he... the guy who brought Pinocchio into uh, uh, Pleasure Island. Uh, mm-hmm. I see, I see. Who screams bloodily as he turns into a donkey in front of his friend and then is grabbed by the tail and ears and thrown yep. into prison. That right. scene... It's a great movie, by the that way. That scene your kids. made me sob and scarred me for life. It was I was so worried about what happened to those boys as a child that I just remember crying to my mm-hmm. mom. You think they had... Could have just resolved it at the end of the film, like all those kids like getting out on an island or something like no. that. But no, nope. probably still donkey somewhere. Yeah. Never fixed it. It's fucked up. But I, I think I think you know it's easy to discount now in this era of plentiful home entertainment. Yeah, 
that uh, back in the 80s and even the 90s, there wasn't a lot to do if you were underage, and especially if you lived in a small town. Yeah. And if you had an arcade, like, that's just where people tended to gravitate because there wasn't really a lot of places for kids under 18 or 21 to go. So you, yeah. you got a lot of dregs as well as a lot of just normal people. Well, you would go, you would, you'd be looking for places you would, you could see your friends, right? Cause you yeah. also, you know, I mean, yeah, you could pick up the phone, but it's just like, kind of like, yeah, we're all, we all know we're going to be around here. So if I want to see my friends, I'm going to go where they're all hanging out. Yeah. No, because all kids really want is to like, not be under the wing of their parents or, or not to be unsupervised in the arcades offered that yeah a place where your parents would take you but you were essentially unsupervised yeah and i i I was thinking we were talking about that the other day somewhere that like people blame the iphone and the internet for all this shit but it's just like uh home entertainment has a lot to do with people doing things that are not traditionally social if you were born in the 1940s (laughs) yeah vcrs and uh home consoles are just as much to blame as the iphone and the internet absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, new question of the week. Um, tied with the, the clown's top five theme. Uh, what is your worst or most traumatic or scariest, uh, ca- story from your experience at a carnival or circus or county fair? Like a place a clown would be. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not, not, not doesn't a have to be with an actual clown, clown story though. No. Bonus if it is, I guess. But, um, I think mine, my, my biggest trauma was, uh, so we had this little carnival that set up near our local mall. And, uh, I, like, they, they had one of those, like, kiddie roller coasters. And I remember, like, going on that and being okay. I had fun. And then, like, from there, I went on the tilt a whirl. And, uh, I, I was starting to get sick. And there was this carny who, like, every time we went past him, he would, like, grab our thing and, and spin it so that it would go really fast. And, uh, like, I fucking hated it. And finally, I just screamed at him, like, if you turn us again, I will throw up. And he didn't do it. <laughs> so, oh, oh, man. But what really got me was, uh, after all of this, I went on the fucking merry go round. <laughs> and I'd been on hundreds of merry go rounds before this moment. And for whatever reason, after going on those other rides, I was kind of sick and off balance. And like, I, I noticed like how high the horse was off the ground. Oh, yeah. And, and I started, I looked up at the machinery that was moving the horse up and down. It was just this oh, winch going up and down. And yeah. I started to like really fixate on it and think like, what if that came loose? And I started to get really dizzy. And I started to slump and fall off the horse and my dad like jumped onto the, the, the merry-go-round and grabbed me and like took me over to like one of the, the, the benches that doesn't move. Wow. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I went on the other two things, but it was the merry-go-round where I completely Your dad lost spotted my you shit. though, hero yeah. dad, and jumped yeah, on a moving merry-go-round? I, I was getting dizzy and I was like losing my grip and, and about to fall off. <laughs> so, oh my yeah. gosh. Your dad jumped on a moving he merry-go-round. He did. He did. I mean, it, awesome. it wasn't that fast. It was a fucking merry-go-round. I mean, they're still fast enough where you, you could you could hurt yeah. yourself jumping yeah, on one of those. Possibly, things. yeah. But wow, yeah, um, came and rescued me. My story also involves spinning. Uh, so this is a recent one, though. So this is maybe last year, maybe two years ago. I think two years ago. I was at my my local county fair and. My my oldest was just old enough where I'm like, I can start taking her on some rides. Not maybe full on roller coasters and a lot of the carnival rides. Um, but I could start taking her on something. 
Uh, and so we get in line and we look down and the placard said the rides were from Neverland Ranch and that's my no that's that that's true but not my scary part of the story. <laughs> Michael um, Jackson's ghost will appear uh, and touch your kids. What's um yes. what and take a gander at your butthole. He'll <laughs> <laughs> jack off to all your buttholes. What is the I don't even know the name of that ride but every carnival has one it's like you just sit in a car and it goes around and around really fast and kind of it's it's on it looks like the ground but the upside down but the track no but the track just kind of goes up and down occasionally but it just spins like we call it like the whirlwind ride is, is that it, the tilt to whirl is that what I was it's just not talking like a, about? is it a tilt to whirl it's, it's, I, I think I know I think I know what you're talking about because like it's it, it's the the only ride we can remember and this is all people in Florida that played one song yeah. which was rats round and round oh, yeah. there was yes oh wait is, 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 is it that just give it time. that giant wheel that like it just lifts off the ground and no, then it like traps you against it's not wall? no, and it's not that you are sitting in like a roller coaster car, but all it does is go in circle. I remember like the one when I was growing up at the Castle Park near me was called like Rolling Thunder or something. But it's it's just imagine like a roller coaster car, mm-hmm. but it, all it does is go around in a circle and occasionally goes up and down. Anyway, it's like the Disney teacups, but it has hills and it goes. Yeah. Yes, it does has it look hills. like this? Uh, no, nothing oh. like that. That's the tilt whirl. Right? Okay, yeah, yes. <laughs> anyway, Chris, like a bottle Chris, falling on electronics is yes. like that. Chris called it. It's it, it's got the hills. Anyway. I would have, as a child, considered this the tame roller coaster. I recall it being one of the first, like, rides I ever rode at Castle Park. I'm like, mm-hmm. she should be able to handle this, no problem. We get on, and it starts to go, and sure enough, she's, like, having fun, like, woo! And then all of a sudden, I couldn't, I can't, see, as you get older, they don't, have, they don't tell you, your inner ear, like, the thing in your inner ear starts to, like, harden, mm-hmm. and things like spinning affect you more. It's either that or this thing was hauling ass because it started to go uncomfortably fast to the point that I'm like, this is no longer safe. But because I have my young child next to me, I have to pretend that everything's fine and daddy's having a great time. But I was seriously scared for both of our safety. Like, holy shit, this is too fast. And it's going on too long because it has to go that whole fucking song round and round. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The way so I was, it was the first time I'd ever been scared on a ride. And when it, when it was done, I was like, oh, isn't that fun, sweetie? Grabbed her. They have not been back to that ride since. Like, it's been there at the years mm-hmm. since. But I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that one again. Like, ever. Yeah, so I managed to fool her and she was fine. But I, I, it's one of those I got off and I look at my wife and she knew. And she's like, just kind of like nodding her head no. Like, yeah, no. You, mm-hmm. you, you overshot, didn't you? I'm like, yeah, yep. Shouldn't have done that. So that's my terrifying tale. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I want to. I want to tell three short stories. Is that okay? Because <laughs> it relates Jesus. to all of these. It relates to, to all of these. Oh, it, it was just a memory I thought of, and I don't know that I've ever. Some of them I've said on a podcast. The other ones I hadn't. Remember, if you've heard Laser Time before, especially when Matt is on, we like to talk about Disneyland and Ooh. Disney World. And I always like I was born and raised in Florida, and my parents have not. They my the last time my parents took me to Disney World was when I was five years old. They never took me again. They got their grant. They got their parents to take me a few times, um, twice, and that was it. Uh, and I, we grew up as a Disney family, so I just thought that was weird. But then I remembered, I'm five years old. We go into Disney World. My mother immediately takes me on Space Mountain because she remembered it from when she was a kid. I cried and screamed and cursed at her and like 
like damned her for taking me there. So I, <laughs> that was something that just popped in my head that I forgot about. I yelled at my mother for taking me to this god awful place called Disney World, and I hated. <laughs> but she like we wow. didn't do the teacups or Dumbo first. We went on Space Mountain, which is like a roller coaster with an optical illusion in the dark. Not cool, mom. You kind of need in to work your way up to Space Mountain. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's like to, it was like to the immediate right. So she just took me straight there, and. Yep. uh and and then I was thinking carnival stories. I was at a carnival when I first moved back to Florida, and I had a giant tax bill. And Sarah was working at uh, the working with a junior league, so I'm like trying to buy cheap furniture, like a nightstand for ten dollars. But I participated in a raffle. Have you ever been? It's the closest I've been to being stuck at a fairground because uh, I participated in the raffle. And ex- what happens when you participate in a raffle? You expect to lose, mm-hmm. and I escalated to the top twenty. The top ten and the top five. Damn. And uh, so it looks like I, I have to stay with all these drunk old people at a fairground because it looks like I might win five thousand dollars. Damn. And and I did not, and oh. my tax bill was still a problem. What oh. I did win was a lot of things for five year old children, which is still in my closet, which I think will probably once I'm dead, they'll wonder what it, why I have all these children's toys in my closet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then again, my fav- my favorite circus story. I love telling this story. I don't know what my dad did to get these. He is a very cheap man, so I know he didn't pay for them. We had dinner with the ringmaster of Ringling Brothers in Barnum and Bailey Circus Whoa. at the bottom of the North Florida Civic Center, and the dude comes out with like just full on like. Uh, what do you call it? the the penguin tails and the top hat and like hello everybody are you ready for the greatest show on earth I'm like oh my god so when I get out to the circus it's like I fucking know that guy I know I know that guy he's the coolest guy I've ever met in my entire life and what, what I didn't know I forget what year it was because it didn't happen the year before and it didn't happen in the last couple of years I was at the circus but the ringmaster was required to sing the latest pop hits what? and so the Yes, so there was just this moment where there were like tigers like bouncing on balls and a bunch of like monkeys jumping through flaming hoops in the opening and the ringmaster is singing rhythm is gonna get you. He's doing like his You're you're doing Robert Goulet. You're just doing a Goulet. Dude, that's what he was doing. He was doing his best Robert Goulet. Rhythm is gonna get you. And I'm just looking around like this is so fucking surreal. I just heard this song on the radio. I just met this celebrity and now rhythm is gonna get you. And like Rhythm is gonna get you, and that, I always associate that song with the circuits every time. Like, <laughs> like a virgin, hey, touch for the very first time. That's how Gorilla Radio. I'm just doing the John Cheese, Richard Cheese. Yeah. So, what is your worst circus, carnival, or county fair story? Let us know. Go to VigiGameApocalypse.com, answer under the comments for episode 337, or go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or hit us up on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and we will pick out a few of the best answers and read them or play the videos on next week's show. And, and let me say right now, you all cannot be Tom Hanks from Big. You you all did not make a bad wish at a Soltar machine. We we're we're ahead of the game on this. Don't. He had the he had the time of his life. That wasn't a scary. Story. That's true. No, that was he touched a boob. Yeah, I think he, he had sex. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's been our show. Let's cut with some plugs. What do you guys got? 
Uh, I got Paducan is a brand Ooh, new Paducan. Paducan. Like the, our, our talk uh, about arcade games are beginning their fighting game series, um, which is again more like uh, arcade focused. It's it's I, I love the way these guys talk about things because their intimate knowledge of the inner guts of the arcade machines and uh, how all that shit works. In addition to the memories of playing games, mm. like the act, the knowledge of the hardware, I really love that and um, and. Child's Play, hey, we got Elm Street Nightmare season uh, season three. We're talking about Chucky, the Bruce Lee of creepy dolls. I uh, got that going on. And if you like this clown episode, we got a clown episode of Laser Time out this week. But again, we're all supported by Patreon.com slash Laser Time. And I do want to plug 302010 this week because it's 1999, which is usually acknowledged by people our age as one of the best years for movies ever. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's time for myself, Diana, and Sarah to talk about Fight Club. But no one talks about Fight Club. Wait, whoa, 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 you're breaking the rule. I know. It's in the the headline. (laughs) We're breaking two rules. Oh, wow. Uh, And I should say, the dudes from Paducah, don't they know it's the month of October? Every podcast ever has to have a theme that month, you know? You gotta... If you're Brett, you had Rocktober. If you're us, you got the horror stuff, you Mm -hmm. know? it's That's the rules. You gotta teach them the rules, Chris. Yeah, well, they've been working on it for a while, so I think a lot of the stuff has been pre-recorded, and uh, and like Adam said, maybe off mic, like uh, horror games aren't a thing that'll draw quarters. That was something you you eventually had to like wait to happen. There weren't yeah. a lot of horror arcade yeah, well, games. People don't come to arcades looking to be scared. No, so no. right because if you're scared, you might fuck up in your game. So yeah. yes. right, like it's, yeah, it's hard yeah. to play a game scared. Yeah, yeah. Well, some games count on that. When you're paying by the fucking five-minute intervals, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you don't want to be scared. You made a quarter last five minutes? That's impressive in any arcade machine. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm really, really good at Snacks and Jackson. That's, <laughs> which, by the way, is the only thing I wanted to plug. Snacks, Snacks and Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> it it's is kind the of, worst. It, it's kind of a great name because it's so bad. It's like <laughs> well, it's also like Snacks in, in, in like, like spelled like Toys R Us, uh-huh. but like apostrophe n apostrophe, and then J A X S O N. Yes, it's it's I embarrassing. Wish I was dead. It's there was no professional bad. working on that game. God damn it! <laughs> no, really... God, God damn it! And by the way, if I if, if I can remember this, I'm going to try and work Snacks and Jackson into every Veggie Game Apocalypse <laughs> from here on out. Please no. To give, to give a reason for oh, people to update man. the wiki again. <laughs> so speaking of professionals, uh, if you want to hear the Laser Time Network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling, tune into Cheap Popcast. Uh, TL and I are going to be recording one soon, talking about the WWE draft, talking about AEW's uh, network television debut, talking about NXT's move to network television, and talking about Hell in a Cell. So that'll be coming up. And then if you want, if you go to patreon.com slash laser time, subscribe at the $5 or more level per month, you get access to bonus time where this week it is Diana and I talking all about her experience volunteering at SFO. I also tell a body horror story because it is October and Halloween's coming, so we got to tell horror stories. Uh, and then, yeah, I just recorded one that will be out, I believe, next week for everyone, where Chris is recounting his travel tales of going to Iceland, Reykjavik. Uh, and talking about his fun stories there. Uh, that's me, Sarah, Yeah, learn all about the Dick Museum in, uh, <laughs> Iceland's at base defense against inbreeding. <laughs> I will, I will still, to give you a preview, I still think it's a missed opportunity that they didn't call it the Iceland hyphen Dick Museum instead of the Icelandic Phallic mm-hmm. Museum. That's just a missed opportunity right there. It was right there in front of you like a big dick. Yeah. Like a big whale dick. The big dick just it made me hate dicks. Waving around in your face. 
Since I have the bag here, you can look them up on uh, www.phallus.is. <laughs> you have the bag? I thought you just meant you had a bag of dicks. <laughs> no, no. That was where I got all my party favors for people. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that show Travel Sick? No. There was an episode where he like yeah. went to a penis restaurant in Hong Kong Mm-mm. where they have like a bunch of pickled dicks from different species. And I think he, he ate like a pickled sea, uh, elephant seal dick. Yuck. It was, it was the worst. It Sounds was so, gross. super gross. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Uh, that was my experience. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, it, it made me feel like a teenage girl looking at the drawings in my notebook. I never want to set foot in the dick museum again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? It made me just think of American Vandal season one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, who drew the dicks? <laughs> it's so good. It's so God. good. One season wonder that show. God damn. And also, if you have not yet, please join the official Laser Time Facebook community um, where we did a post, and this will help us. It is basically a very, very brief survey. It'll take you less than a minute to complete. That basically just helps us tell potential advertisers about you guys so we can align the best advertisers with the show so that you're not getting the wrong kind of ads. So if you are tired of hearing about hair loss and dick pill ads, then go fill out that form, youngster, and let us know all about you and this type of stuff you want to be hearing about, like your Twitches and your Four Locos. I don't know, whatever the hell you're into. So, yeah, please uh, go to the official LaserTime Facebook on Community and click the link and fill out that survey. That would be doing us a huge favor. Well, that's been our show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Matthew Fauntleroy Allen. Mm-hmm. That's my middle name. It's not your first name or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were talking to Fauntleroy Antista. <laughs> <laughs> Made myself after Donald Duck's middle name. Mm-hmm. Proud of it. <laughs>